weeks. What do they know? There aren't any bad games. They're just me. I'll prove it. Dude, yeah. Superman 64, critics stopped all over this, so there's no way it'll be a, a bad, I mean, uh, wow, wow. How many rings do I have to fly through? Okay, maybe they were right once. Let's try another one. Sky Hard on the NES is gonna be. Uh, wait. Why can't I see all the rooms at once again? Let's go a little more recent. Enter the Matrix, yeah. Except. Wait, whoa. It's it's obviously not done, and it's it's a horrible mess. Oh, boy. Those critics can't be right. They just can't. Let's go for quantity. Action 52. Yeah, this is awesome. Well, so much for the game night tonight. Maybe these critics really know something after all. Maybe they just want to save us all the horror of wasting time on trash like this. Or maybe we'll forget this lesson tomorrow night, but who can remember that far back? Here it comes, podcasting's finest few hours of gaming prizes. Action RPG fans, come on down. Final Fantasy players, come on down. Might and Magic lovers, come on down! And Disgaea fanboys, come on down! You are the first four contestants on the RPG Backtrack! And here are the stars of the RPG Backtrack, Phil Willis and Mike Mickey. your swords and prepare your spells. Your friends at RP Gamer got a story to tell. Are you ready to hear about your favorite RPGs? Because we'll be going back a few years in history. If you've got a backlog that is really long, we'll tell you what's right to play and what is wrong. we got RP Gamer staff on the mic to talk about these games for most of the night. So pull up a chair. We will give you no flack. You're listening to the RPG Backtrack. And welcome to RPG Backtrack, a your favorite podcast where we talk about RPGs from the way back when, right up through yesteryear. I'm your host, Phil Willis, and this is the one, the only, Mr. George Takei. No George Takei! Welcome to the show. We are going to talk about many, many times that I interacted with Leonard Nimoy. This will be a very sad episode, but he was a great man. Yeah, not so much. We wish we were having that conversation tonight instead. This is backtrack number 140. Is it really that bad? We have chosen 
four of the lowest, the scummiest, if that's a word. The most that's horrible, terrible... What's some other adjectives? I'm falling a little short today, Mike. Stinkiest, moldiest, most unpleasant, most disgusting, most reprehensible, most joy-destroying. Is that enough? You want more? Soul-crushing. I like that. That actually, I think, is my favorite one. Soul-crushing role-playing game experiences from various generations of the past. Uh, And and this is, you know, Mike, so in case you, you guys don't know, uh, Mike does the scheduling. He arranges for for the guest, uh, and and I handle the the production, recording, editing, uh, and I upload to the server. And then Mister Minky is so kind as to do all the RSS feeds and iTunes, whatever the hell he does with that. I have no idea. Um, so so Mike, why is it on today, my birthday, the day that we're recording this? You have chosen to do a show that takes us through an array of some of the most soul-crushing role-playing games in history, including one that actually left me scarred for life. Because I am not about the usual birthday celebration. Rather than remind you of all the good things that you have, that people love you and care about you, I am going to remind you of all of the crap that life brings at the extremely unlikely event that you will get through life without suffering disproportionate amounts of garbage. Ah, uh, so, yes. Yeah, th- that is your birthday wish for me, Bill. Uh, we, uh, Please, have a happy birthday by thinking about these games. Yeah, exactly. You know, this this is interesting. Yeah, I mean, because normally, typically on our birthdays, we, we take a moment out and we think about our years past and we, we tend to gravitate to those more joyous memories. Unfortunately, this show will not do that for us. Um, and uh, and I will not tell you which birthday it is, but I will tell you that to help me cope with what we're doing this evening, because I did see the at least see what we were talking about ahead of time, I have poured myself a concoction, and its proof rating is roughly equal to how old I am today. So that can be either really good or really bad, depending on how old I am. Well, you're nowhere close to retirement age, I know that, so we're we're not in too much danger unless this drags on. (laughs) As, of course, it it will inevitably. I mean, there are so many wonderful things to gush about with... Uh, indeed. So, uh, uh, Mr. Mr. Uh, Michael Apps will be uh, joining us at some point this evening with any luck. Otherwise, you and I will end up walking through this corridor of horrific memories alone, together alone. And uh, I'm listening I'm listening to The Hobbit, the audiobook, and I'm actually towards the end where they are stuck in the cave, Schmog's, Smog's, whatever his name is, Smog's Cave. And, is Ian McKellen the reader? Uh, I have no idea. Did not pay attention oh. to, to the name. He is a good reader, though. He, he does a great job, I think. But, uh, you know, they're, they're going through the emotions of being, uh, especially uh, Bilbo is just pretty much freaking out at this point. So uh, that, that's where I'm at right now, Mickey. I need the liquor to cope. I need this birthday drink just to get through the night. I might need a refill before this is done. Well, given where you live, that's going to be more challenging than most other places, but you're probably an expert by now. Hmm. I have some outside-the-state sources that are keeping me well 
supply this evening. This episode of the RPG Backtrack is brought to you by Kettle One. Kettle One, the best vodka on the planet, not sold inside Utah. All right, actually, I can't remember if it is or not, but that's what I got. All right, so we're gonna take a we're gonna take well, what a, is sold inside Utah? You know, a select array of liqueurs uh, inside of the, uh, the the state liquor store. We've actually got a number of micro uh, beer microbreweries that are licensed by the state so we do have a decent selection of microbrewed beers uh that that i i don't really ever run out of the uh the liqueurs you know if you're into uh, you know the flavor vodkas or whatnot some of those small uh productions are hard to get a hold of if not impossible because they're 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 only sold through the state so for that uh you might have to go outside the state and of course i would never advocate that you go outside the state of utah let's say to las vegas or anything like that buy it and then drive it back into utah because that would of course be against the law and nope. we we, I, we don't we I, wouldn't, I didn't hear anything no I we would no never we would said. never suggest you break the law here on the rpg backtrack so even though most of the people listening to the rpg backtrack are privileged enough not to live in utah yeah 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 is, is that the correct would that be a correct term privileged yeah. or should we say uh, victimized <laughs> Something, you know. I was, uh, I, w- I did a little research. I was, uh, this is totally off topic, but hey, uh, it's the RPG backtrack. That's what we do. Um, I was a little surprised to find uh, when I moved here and did a little bit of research. There are actually quite a few states that control the liquor sales to at least one extent or another, where you can only buy primarily through the state. Uh, there, I come from Florida, where we have a privately owned ABC on just about every corner, which which those you know those alcohol uh, beverage stores are uh, of course regulated by the state which i think is fair enough i mean we don't want them selling to minors for example or anything along those lines putting poison in the liquor that that's good to have outlawed and regulated but i, I don't know if it's really necessary that only the state can sell the liquor I'm, I'm not really quite sure what the purpose is of that i'm not really sure what that accomplishes um if all you're looking for is beer or whatever you can find it uh you just gotta know where to look if you walk into a grocery store, for example, in Utah, uh, and you buy a case of Bud, it will be 3.2% Bud. It won't be the regular full strength, I use that in quotation marks, um, that you would normally find outside the state, let's say in a Florida grocery store. Well, you know, Phil, I'm just going to have to go with an old Monty Python line here. How is making love in a rowboat like American beer? They're both hmm. friggin' close to water. <laughs> yeah, the my that's where I go for that's another reason why I go for the micro brews myself. Uh they're 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 actually pretty good. So got some good strength them too. I don't like I don't like drinks that I have to drink a ton of to to feel them. That's why I drink vodka. A little vodka goes a long way. Yes it does. Okay, well we're gonna take a tiny break while I drink more of my vodka. And uh, we'll be right back after these commercial messages.
have Return. We have four really bad games on the docket. The question is whether or not we have the intestinal fortitude to actually get through all of them tonight. We shall see. The first game on the list is Secret of the Stars, and it's not much of a secret just how bad this game was. Tecmo Secret of the Stars, developed Te- Tecmo. by Tecmo. Tecmo Secret. That's right, the full name, Tecmo Secret of the Stars. Well, it's and, it's right there on the box. It's on it's the box. The it's yeah, on I the box. An, I see an apps. Maybe he can help us with this. Oh, maybe he wants to feel the pain of Tecmo. Uh, Tecmo Secret of the Stars. Well, I, I think whoever set up this Wikipedia entry, and of course we do all know that Wikipedia is the only source for retro RPG information. Uh, but, uh, you know, they only list the entry as Secret of the Stars, but anybody who's played this knows that's the official title is Tecmo Secret of the Stars a fantasy. They have to put that at the end just in case you're like, oh, Tecmo's in the name. What the hell is this? Is this a football simulator with stars? You know, like stars like like Michael Jackson? No, no, no. This is a fantasy game. Uh, This was uh, developed and published by crap, I mean Tecmo, released in North America on July 1995, which incidentally is exactly uh, 8.3 years before uh, the Trade Towers collapse. No coincidence whatsoever. Um, this is no, a. Right, that, that's, that's 6.4 years. 6.4, close enough. Uh, this is a single player RPG crapping experience. Uh, well, mis- okay. No, 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 Phil, Phil. We mustn't talk about the content yet. If you look at that wiki entry, what do you see? You see a beautiful picture of the box art. Isn't that beautiful? You know, that that is that that art was so awesome. I almost immediately bought the game because, you know, of course, you know, I was a big I was big into RPGs uh, well through the SNES era. And I mean, tell you what, that box art. That boxer screams, I'm not a generic RPG at all. I'm completely original. Note sarcasm. Well, uh, Mr. Epps, you've, you've seen the box art for Secret of the Stars, haven't you? I have seen the box art, and, you know, I've seen some screenshots, and this looks like a wonderful NES game. You know, the only thing that's more generic than the box art of no, Secret no, 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 of the Stars... No, 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 this is not generic. This looks exactly like Garbage Pail Kids illustrations. It is damn close. It is. It is. It is freaking. It is creepy as hell. But yeah, no. I mean, it's just. I mean, my first impression was generic. But you're right. If I, if I think about Garbage Pail Kids, which I wasn't big into, but you're right. They do have exactly that look on their face. Um. But 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 if that isn't generic enough for you, just uh, boys and girls. All you have to do is go to your friend Google, go to secret. Of, you know, type in Secret of the Star, Tecmo, Secret of the Stars, of course, and then and then go to images. Click the images link, and you will see some of the most bland SNES graphics you have ever laid your eyes on. You well, may they, question. They, be, they would be pretty decent on the NES. Right, but, I was about we're not talking about the NES. I was about to say this is this looks like high end NES uh, Sega Genesis. Uh, no, uh? Phil, Phil, the Genesis could do better than this. You know it. You, <laughs> we played Shining Force Two, all of us. It looked a lot better than this. Oh so my! God. Was was this like some late era NES game that got pushed to the SNES? Okay. Well, Please, the, maybe? Control, the controls kind of feel that way because it uses all of the A and B buttons and nothing mm. else on the controller. Interesting. What this is is a buttons. plague to humanity is what it is. <laughs> Apps. That, that Just call it like you see it, okay, bud? 
Okay, by the way, Apps, uh, you weren't here earlier at the beginning of the show when I had to apologize to everybody in advance because uh, I am drinking heavily tonight to cope with this topic, to be able to get my way through this. <laughs> Phil, uh, that seems like the perfect way to deal with some of these games because, man, did I wish I had <laughs> something to drink when I was playing one of these games. I, I, you know what, that's, that's really for true. later. Yeah. I, well, Mr. Apps, you should also know this is Phil's birthday. Yeah. Isn't this a great birthday present? Do you see how Minky just lined this up for me? Do you <laughs> see so how sorry. he treats me? Like, we've been doing this for, I don't know what, five, six, seven years. I lost track. Minky knows things about me. This is how he treats me. <laughs> As I said, nobody else gives birthday celebrations like this. Everybody else wants to celebrate the good things in life. Nuh-uh. We're going to talk about these games on your birthday, Phil. Uh, yeah, yeah, this, this is, this is, let me, let me just read to you guys just a few headlines from some reviews. This game is as enjoyable as going to a mortician. <laughs> I, I kid, I kid you not, that's what, what it says. Another one writes, honestly, in caps, the worst game I have ever played. As much fun as the Spanish Inquisition. Thank you, yeah. Tecmo, now, for a piece of crap. Now, do they mean the actual Spanish Inquisition, or do they mean the Monty Python Spanish Inquisition? I'm pretty I'm sure they mean the... I guess it was the actual. Yeah, the actual, because okay. everyone knows Monty Python was hilarious. So. Oh, yes. Uh, and another one writes, you can't spell tame croc without T-E-C-M-O. <laughs> now, I another one, you... Another one, Mike... The secret is how people actually enjoy this game. Because there's actually a few people that have written positive reviews about this game. I'm thinking they're the ones who were allowed to drink back in the uh, back in the day when this came out. Well, that might explain a lot about where they are now. I'm thinking this game would be a lot a lot more exciting if your blood alcohol level was around, I don't know, point two. Can you survive if your blood alcohol level is point two, Mike? I'm not an expert. I would say it's getting dicey. Mm. Oh, oh, yes, there was there was an RPG fan review of this that told of a wonderful trial. Um, where, where is it? GIA, I, I don't remember what site that is, required $3,600 be paid in order to review Secret of the Stars, and it got that amount of money. Wow. I'm thinking they were underpaid. <laughs> Yeah, that sounds about right. Yeah. I'm just going to put that out there, Chief. Uh, um, I, there is no game clock, so of course I have no idea how much time I spent on it, but if I had earned $3,600 for playing this, this would, that would probably translate to $80, $90 an hour, and that would still feel like I was getting underpaid. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So, uh, dare we go into the details? Should we dive into the secrets? Of the stars? Sure! They're fresh in my mind because I just beat it this weekend. And trust me, the ending was wonderful. It was worth the whole mess. Oh, no, wait, I'm thinking I, of another. I will tell you, you I, I rented this out of stupidity. You know, I was young. I was I was foolish. I had $3 to burn in my pocket, <laughs> uh, which was how much it cost to rent a game at uh, – I didn't even go to Blockbuster. That was way too expensive. This was at a no-name movie place, and it was there on the wall, garbage pail kids staring at me. I rented it. I tried to get my $3 back. <laughs> they would not give it to me back, Mike. 
Some of those places had very strict policies. You had to prove that it was defective. And even though the game may look that way at, at points, it is not defective. I was I was so lucky as to have one with a working save battery. Mike, go into so sorry. go into the very deep story of Secret of the Star Tecmo, Secret of the Stars of Fantasy. <laughs> okay. <clears throat> You are a guy who is called Ray in the manual, and I called him Fargo because I was thinking about the Coen brothers when I started this up. Uh, He has no personality whatsoever, but he is supposedly a kid, and this is so wonderfully translated with those Nintendo strictures of the time that you get to go into what they call cafes and be told, kids can't be in here, get out! You know, kids are constantly being told to go out of cafes. Those are notorious hotbeds of sin and vice. (laughs) And Ray, well, he's the son of uh, a hero. A hero called an Akutalion. That is spelled A-Q-U-T-A-L-L-I-O-N. Are you sure it's not spelled (laughs) (laughs) H-E-L-L-N-O? I had to look at it many, many times in the game, Phil. I know how it's spelled. Okay. I don't know how it's pronounced. It sounds like something out of Arabic, but whatever. So he's an Akutalion. And he has a mission. He has to gather the other Akutalians. Oh, he has an issue, all right. <laughs> and what is he going to do with them? He's going to beat the evil Homuncruz. Seriously. H-O-M-N-C-R-U-S-E. Homuncruz. Homuncruz. <laughs> Just rolls right off the tongue. It rolls right out my ass. I mean, go, keep going, keep going. <laughs> and he's evil because um, he's evil. Of course. Well, you get an explanation. It's it's very well translated. Human Cruise came from the future and was built out of body parts gathered from a graveyard like Frankenstein's monster. And that somehow made him evil. And then he came back to the past. He's going to mess everything up. Yeah, well, there we go. What so, signif- significant motivations for your villain? Well, yeah. Uh, well, I, I don't want to spoil the ending for you because somebody was kind enough to capture most of the frames of it to study brilliance, including the, including the wonderful translation. But no, we, we mustn't get to the ending. Get ahead of ourselves. Ray first recruits Tina. See, see the blue-haired girl on the cover? That's Tina. She's with you for a long time, and she takes hits kind of like the rock punching for glass. So she doesn't take hits well, but you know she's your only ally for a long time. <laughs> and then you get Cody. Cody would be the big dude on the cover. Cody and Rhodes? Sadly, no. Just no. Cody. As mediocre yeah. as Cody Rhodes is? Yeah. What? No. He, yeah. Cody yeah. Rhodes is a fantastic wrestler. <laughs> Take that back, sir. But you know what? He can't. He, he has no acting skills. What's this gold dust thing he's doing? What the hell is that? Face what? paint, gold dust. I mean, come on, man. Don't, don't no you one's, know what that's a reference to? No one's buying into that crap, man. Dude, oh, not gold dust, stardust. I'm sorry, stardust. Yeah, stardust. That's, that's a reference to an old like SNES game. It's awesome. Yeah, called Tecmo Secret of the. St- Get it started. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Stop it, apps. Can you know I've been drinking? Don't take advantage of me. You're so wrong, man. I'm putting you on mute. Where's my mute button? <laughs> um, <clears throat> Cody was turned into a lion at for a while, and you just find some guy who was able to turn him back. Oh, and he was also turned into a gold lion statue. Um, the gold, the gold lion statue was somehow equipped with sneakers that you could not take off until he turned back into a human. I, no, I don't understand that. No, hold on, I think I, I need some clarification here. In separate occurrences, he was both turned into a lion and also turned into a lion statue. 
Right. He was first a lion. Let's see. Okay. And then the villain who turned him into a lion, who also ran an evil circus that just pulled up stakes the instant you showed up, because why not? Uh, to prevent you from getting him to reunite the Aquitalians, he just turned him into a gold lion statue. But you ran into this this one guy in a cave who was also turned into something gold, even though he was able to talk to you. I don't know how he's able to do that. And thus, you know, to take the gold lion statue back there and he will turn him back into a regular lion, which you can't do much with until you just go and find a deus ex machina in one of the temples. And um, wow, he's, he's, he's a person again. Wow. That was, see, it's very well explained. Very well. I'm so confused. I played the whole game and I'm not much less confused. Uh, Then, then you get Leona who I think was supposed to be a criminal boss of some kind. Look at her on the cover. She's the one with the the Valkyrie wings in her hair. <laughs> See her there? Uh, uh, I, yeah. Uh, no, I'm sorry. I can't get past the smirks on their faces. Oh, uh, yes. So, so, yes, she was apparently some criminal mastermind, and one of the bad guys kidnapped her and put her in a basement elsewhere in the town. What's wrong with her face? It looks so weird on that cover. <laughs> Every face looks uh, weird on that cover. Apps, okay, that's fair. That's fair. They got they they got the artist from Garbage Pail Kids. That that's what they did. It's true. I have no evidence that it would be anything else. Uh, you get Leona, and um, yeah, she she totally has those wings in her hair every time she pops up on screen to attack something. So you'll never be able to forget it. And you get Dan. Dan would be the little kid on the cover who always looks like he's wearing pajamas in the game. And by the time you get him, you're going to have to power level his butt because not only is he the the last you get, but of course he is most focused on spellcasting, so he's going to go down like a ton of bricks if he's hit hard. And he is apparently a prosperous wise man. That is what the game tells me. He is a prosperous wise man. And I must take issue. One cannot become simply a wise man when you are still a child. Wise men are not children. <laughs> this is a fundamental law of the English language and most other languages. You cannot be a man if you are still a child. Okay, you're wrong. Okay, all it takes is a few of these drinks, and even a kid seems wise. Um, oh, but of course, I must I must mention the Kustara. See, th- this is another group of people you are introduced to, the first of them, some guy named David, very early on. And this is the game's main innovation. Anytime you can swap between these Akutalian people and the Kustara. And the Kustara have a total of 11 possible people, so you can actually choose who might be in your party if you do, if you do that. But the first few dungeons all have barriers the Kustara cannot pass. So they will become under-equipped and with little money. And then by the time you can use them again, why would you? Because you see you've been using the whole game who are powered up. But then near the end... Oh, the game pulls a wonderful thing. The Kustara have to go into four temples that only they can access to go get four fetch quest thingies. There's things like uh, Iridium and Spongebobium and all that wonderful stuff <laughs> that allow you to access something. Ooh, Spongebobium. I, I may not be remembering that correctly, but it sounds about right. Tr- uh, trust me, this, this translation is so wonderful. Spongebobium would not be nice. <laughs> I really want that to be like a element. <laughs> So the Kustara, of course, you have to get them equipped and make sure they survive. And then <clears throat> the final dungeon, um, Humming Cruz shows up and taunts you by reviving his four evil minions that you've already slain. And you have to go kill them again before you can take him on. 
and to get through these parts, you have to shove the Kustura into each of these areas to open one-way doors so that the Octalians can move along. And it's so much fun. So much fun. Um, let's see. What am I forgetting here? I am forgetting that the largest town in this game is apparently resistant to strangers because there are guards posted at the at the entrance to prevent people from just getting in, <clears throat> which, you know, makes perfect sense. It's like New York or London or... Tokyo just posting guards at every inch of the city and demanding that people show their passport to get inside. And um, there are such wonderful areas as the town of Bee Gees, which sadly does not play any memorable tunes when you go in there. Oh. But you do fight some bad men in Bee That's what they're called, bad men. And when you beat the bad men, you get to go take on Bad Bad. And Bad Bad turned everyone into dogs. So at, le- at least you haven't heard that very often. Um, and let's see. There are such wonderful things as in order to get your ship, you are told that you need to get a part to fix it or to be the last piece, which, of course, is a gold nail, which is hidden behind something in a place you haven't been for six hours and you are given no other clues whatsoever. There is an there is a floating island in the world that you reach by having a rocket that you fuel by killing an octopus in the ocean. <laughs> and, and, and again, this is, this is all very well explained. You, you will have no questions whatsoever about how to do any of that. Um, let's see. You, you actually have a town building thing, but it's all, it's all pretty much automatic. It's not like Breath of Fun like that. Oh. Um, let's see. Any other great names? Mm. Well, there's Dram, there's Gara, there's... Yeah, none of them have any memorable names. Um, yeah, and then you fight Humming Cruise, and you learn that some guy you've barely seen who is apparently sporting radical sunglasses is working... is also from the future and is helping you, and he tells you to go get a metal sword, and you go get it, and you beat the crap out of Humming Cruise, and it takes a while, and then... Well, I, I simply must share this, this beautiful ending with you. See, first... The first couple of screens show you what Haman Cruise looks like. Do I really want to click this? You do. Because otherwise you'd have to play through the whole game to see it. No, no. You don't want to do that. No, no. You don't (laughs) want to play through the whole... No. And and then this will give you a sample of the translation quality by one Keisuke Kuboki, who is named first in the credits, and thus I blame him for a lot of it. (laughs) Right there. See, look at that beautiful dialogue. I will hate you. <laughs> Who brought me back to life forever? Ugh. Ugh. And look at those explosion effects in third row. Don't they look just like big mushrooms popping out of the ground? <laughs> they look like holes. Yeah, I can see that. Oh, I forgot. Yes, you. your last ship in this game is a UFO. You can see it in some of the pictures there. It apparently picks up your whole town and just carts it along with you. For some reason. I don't know why. <laughs> yeah, you know. And there you can see the dude with the radical sunglasses, which aren't that radical on a cheap little 8-bit sprite like this, but you can still see he's got something big and purple all over his face. Oh, yes! I forgot all about Uncle Save. You don't save by talking to anybody in a church or just an option on the menu. No, there's this guy who runs around most of the towns, named Uncle Save. And he wants you to tell him about his adventure, or your adventure. 
So do tell Uncle Save about your adventures, because otherwise uh, you don't save. That's not creepy at all, that an old bearded man is asking a bunch of kids to tell him about their adventures. And then, yes, we we get all these wonderful revelations down at the near the end. We destroyed Hummin Cruise anyway, so they can't taste my plum-plum crops that I planted. Kid, we finally got a new home, but their real home is somewhere in another world. I bet everyone wants to return to his or her true home. They are our one and only friends. You shouldn't ask for impossible. Okay. But I believe that they are coming back here again someday. Why don't we wait until then? Can't you feel the emotion? I I, I think it felt a lot like a turd when I'm on the toilet going through me. <laughs> About to come out. So, um, you know what? Here's a good thing. Here's a good thing about the game. I actually have a good thing. You can turn <gasps> off the animations and you can set the com- the message speed to f- super fast and you can hit auto battle and you can just blitz through most of the random battles. Isn't you know, that a that, great thing? That is a feature I love to see in bad games. That is a feature that Mugen Souls lacked. And now you know why it only got a 1.5 for me instead of a 1. Uh, but, but see, looking at these uh, visuals, aren't, aren't you amazed? That This is truly a game that was put out in 1993, right? Because it took a whole year and a half to cross the Pacific. <laughs> and, and are we sure this really isn't an NES game? Like, I cannot look at these <laughs> graphics and just comprehend that this was a Super NES game. Okay, okay apps, what you need is some of this drink I have over here. And you got? start seeing the 3D effect. Okay, it starts to pop out at you, okay? The simple color palette, the low pixel count, whatever, that's all just an illusion, my friend. It's it's just it's just needed to get the 3D effect. You know, they had to make some compromises. Um, let's see what what else would you like to know about this this wonderful game? Let's talk about the deep deep combat system. Okay. Um you you hit attack and you hit magic and you hit item and you use them kind of randomly depending on what the game feels like. No, oh, no. Actually, there is something nifty. Unity magic, where you get to remember what things combine and then when everybody's action is chosen at the end of the turn, you get to hit which ones you think you remember are the correct combinations and then if they aren't, then the game will just use little weak attacks because usually it's weak things that combine. And if they are, then you get a strong attack. And you have to do that at the end of every turn because the game is too stupid to remember any of it for you. Doesn't that sound awesome? Yeah. Hold on. Let me take another swig. Yeah. I'm going to rush out and buy a copy of this game. You totally should. Phil, how much does it cost? Please research the amazing value on the second market of this. You know, actually on eBay is showing that some people are willing to pay you money to take this off their hands. That is not my experience. <laughs> no. Sadly, no. This, and of course, there is no digital version. You will have to get the physical copy. <laughs> uh, oh, my. Oh, my gosh. Oh, my gosh. Oh my god! I can't, I can't say the, I can't say the f word on this, right? Right? That we we determined that the f word is off limits, right? Oh, it, it's it your is. show, isn't it? Okay, we're, we're trying to keep it PG thirteen. All right, what's a PG thirteen explicative that I can use, Minky? Uh, rat oh, turd shit. <laughs> okay, I I kid no, I you not. I kid you not. The average 
The average price is yeah, Mujin does. The average price is fifty dollars. What? I kid you not. Tecmo said I double checked my search results to make sure I was looking at the right effing game. Okay. I spent I spent that much for Lufia too. Okay, I'm telling you, fifty bucks, my friend. You better better open up your pocketbook for this gym. I mean, this piece of crap or whatever. Holy holy hell! I have no words. No, no, I I don't even have bowel <laughs> movements that can describe that 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 can describe. This is ridiculous, really. Uh, we got a bid. We got a bid right now. A live bid on an auction at fifty dollars. We have buy it now. Said it. What condition is it? Just the cartridge? Uh, that is complete. Looks great. Quote unquote. Looks great. So of course it must. Of course, look great. Um, uh, I, 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 I kid you guys not. I, now, I, by by, look great, they mean like the condition of the cartridge, right? Now. Right, because obviously, I, once you put it into your SNES, it looks like crap. But yes. the the cartridge itself must look great. Did I, did I mention that unless you press start at the right time during the introduction? cinematic where Uncle Save is telling the story, then you actually can't skip the cinematic. You have to wait another 30 seconds for it to get to the right point. Isn't that a great feature? Uh, you know, I don't know if great is the word I would use. Um, it's a feature. It's a feature. <laughs> it How about is... audacious? That is an audacious feature. That's a good word. Uh, yes. Uh, we have. Wait, 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 wait. Our, our, our listeners. Our listeners only deserve the best, Minky. I have managed shield copy. I have managed to dig up a complete and near mint, and I use that in quotation marks, copy for the low, low price of a hundred twenty-four dollars. That's what I spent for Suikoden two. <laughs> Well, now you know that Suikoden 2 and Tecmo's Secret of the Stars are about comparable in terms of value. Uh, uh. <laughs> There's a quote we should see circulating around the internet pretty soon. Excellent condition, $125, but guys, free shipping. Uh, this copy even includes a doggy bag so you can clean up after yourself. Okay, just kidding, but it should. Did I mention uh, that the menu can only show eight items at a time, so you're constantly having to shift between little sub-windows inside okay, of it? Okay, guys, I kid you not. I kid you not. If you just if you don't remember this from playing this yourselves, just do yourselves a favor. Go to Google. Again, look up Tecmo Seeker of the Star. I swear you're going to look like you're looking at a Dragon Quest IV inventory screen, <laughs> which was like six years earlier on the NES. I, I, I just, just No, there's no excuse for this. There, there's none. Let's see. Late 1993. What was coming out around then? Um, I think I remember Secret of Mana being around then. Uh, that looked Fantasy pretty good. Four? Didn't it? Final Fantasy IV? Was that around then? Think, yeah, was it was 94? around. Yes. Yeah, that, that was 91. 90. 90 yeah. the, okay, 91. Yeah. <laughs> All right. That was a first generation Super <laughs> Nintendo game. Uh, and Final Fantasy V was, was well out in Japan by that point. You know what? It looks better than this, a lot better. <laughs> Um, the the battle screens, I, I kid you not, boys and girls, they look like drag. Everything's like this one. This is a Dragon Quest one ripoff. I swear, except it doesn't have nearly the personality. And unless you think personality looks like a turd, <laughs> uh, if you think you're. Oh, and did did I mention the wonderful translation? Here are some common enemies you will find that have misspelled names. 
There is the talantula. There is the trule, the oga, the gas slag, which sort of looks like a slug to me, and the lace, which I think was supposed to be wraith, but yeah, it looks like a grim reaper and they call it lace. <laughs> makes perfect sense, right? Oh, it makes something. All right, <laughs> there. there's no question about that, Mike. I just... Boys and girls, do yourselves a favor and pretend we never had this conversation. <laughs> uh, let's 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 move on because I don't really have that much liquor in my cabinet. I've only got three bottles of vodka, and we have to get through the rest of this before I run out of liquor. Well, okay, Phil, you only rented this last one. Here's one that I, that I know you actually did own once upon a time. I, uh, I, 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 yeah, I have to admit that I own this. I'm under truth serum here, aren't I? Um, oh boy. Hold on, deep breath. All right, here we go. Beyond the toilet, I mean, beyond... I can't say it, Mike. I can't do it. Can't Mr. Apps, can you do it? What What? Do what? What are we doing here? We are talking about that one Camelot game on the Sony console. Nope. Nope. Goodbye. <laughs> I quit. I'm done. I don't want to do it. You sure? It doesn't exist. Nope. They never made. They never made a PS1 game. It. It's well. Um, all right. I guess it falls to me. Beyond the beyond. There. Oh beyond my it. god! Oh my ears! Oh my ears! Oh. Oh, my back, my my stomach, my nerves, my uh, developed by Camelot Software, published by no, published no, by it, it wasn't them. Published? No, they couldn't have done this, right? I mean, no. this must be a typo, right? I mean, Wikipedia is wrong sometimes. Public, but their logo is on the front. It just it, it, it's, it's their lower a- right hand corner. Let's just chalk it up to um, Sony. Sony was really mean. I don't know. Published by the guy who was shortly fired after this was released uh, from Sony Computer Entertainment. Uh, this turd was released <laughs> on the PlayStation in North America on August 31st. Why the hell? Okay, answer me something, guys. This was released in Japan on November 3rd, 1995, and then in North America on August 31st, 1996, roughly nine months later, right? Normally, the way this process works is if, you know, they release it in Japan, and if it isn't good or whatever the deal is, they just don't bring it over, right? I mean, that was the excuse for not bringing over some of the weaker Final Fantasy games, like Final Fantasy 2 and and such, right? Because they they weren't really that awesome. They weren't probably going to do well over here. With with those two, it was pretty simple. We only got the first Final Fantasy three years after Japan, so... It was either put those on any, put two and three on NES, or put four on Super Nintendo, and I, I don't think the circumstances are quite comparable. There must be something else here. I mean, especially, like, how especially does Phil, this remember, make it over. Remember this also. This was back when Sony was against 2D stuff and against RPGs. That stance had not been changed yet. So what was it about this game that made Sony say yes, whereas it had said no to? Let's see. I think it was strongly against Mega Man 7 or something else around this time because it was a 2D game and people didn't like 2D anymore. But this, yeah, this totally looks better than Mega Man X4 or Mega Man 7. Yeah, look at it. 
Oh, it looks like something. It's like brown, kind of chunky, about six inches long. Anyways, this is a single person toilette experience. Thank God it's only single player. <laughs> yeah, because otherwise you'd be inflicting this pain on multiple people at the same time. Uh, so, so okay. Imagine this, boys and girls. Imagine... You've gotten a PlayStation 1 with your hard-earned money back in the day where, just for a hypothetical argument's sake, you were working at Taco Bell making four twenty-five an hour, Disney making 5 bucks an hour, whatever it might be. And uh, and so money was really hard to come by, is my whole point. And you had bought Final Fantasy, you know, with 60 bucks, and, and you enjoyed Final Fantasy 7, I should say, on your PlayStation. And you got through that, and you're looking for another RPG experience, right? <laughs> and so you're scanning the shelves... And you see, and you obviously didn't see Persona One anywhere. Uh, you know, yeah, I, I, I did see Persona, but that looked kind of dark. I don't know. Just <laughs> hey, this one, this one had anime characters on the front, right? If it's got anime characters, it must be good. And and sure, sure, why got, not? You know the you know so the box art looks really good. You got the guy in the back with the horns. It actually looks a lot like a Lufia game. I mean, if you're just looking at the front cover, right? And this, you gotta imagine, boys and girls, this was back before we could just quickly Google something on our cell phone and look up the game ranking score. Okay, so you're just going completely by the box art here. And hey, it's on sale for 30 bucks. What a steal, right? Half the price of Final Fantasy. So you pick it up. You hold it closely to your bosom. As you quickly run home and you sl- open it up with, with your hands quivering, you grab a letter opener to, to rip off the plastic and remove that stupid little plasticky sticky crap that kept the CD jewel case shut. And then you open it up and you even hear an angelic voice going, Aah! and 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 you pull the disc out and you stick it into the PlayStation. You close the cover, you put the controller in your hand. And then you're greeted by a scene in which the girl is holding the dragon and one of his eyes never closes because the animators forgot to put that in. <laughs> I, 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 I just, you know, this was, this was years ago, but I can sum up my entire experience in two words. Utter disappointment. I mean, not even just disappointment, <laughs> just complete devastating, utter disappointment. It, it, it actually look kind of cool for the box art you pop it in the towns and stuff look kind of boring they actually look like they're ripped out of snes game maybe but but phil this looks like you know a cool precursor to golden sun surely it was fantastic right you know you know i mean okay when you're an rpg person right boys and girls you know not usually don't matter right you, you right. pop it in and you open it up and you start going through the text and you know what I mean let Shining Force when you first start off in like the towns and stuff and the, and the faces I mean it's really not that great graphics I mean and if you take a look at Shining Force's town graphics versus this one's not a whole lot of difference even the font looks very similar you get into battle the camera spins around now the the, the characters were 2D sprites but they were kind of detailed and 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 but there was some you know the the, the kind of layout was sort of 3D ish 
low-res 3D-ish, which was typical for the PlayStation times, wasn't, uh, you know, didn't quite stand up to Final Fantasy VII, but compared to a standard SNES game, okay, cool, we're, we're in business here, right? I don't know, nowadays it actually looks in some ways better than Final Fantasy VII. It, it does, <laughs> it does, because the Final Fantasy VII polygons, just really, I, I've said this once, it says a hundred times, PlayStation 1 polygon graphics suck ass. But uh, but this one uses 2D sprites, so it's, it's okay. You know, all right, all right. And then the battle system actually starts. No, no, let's not start with the battle system because that will involve a lot more cursing, and we ha- aren't ready for that yet. Well, as you know, Mike, I am I am absolutely terrible with remembering any details about stories and expe- uh, characters, especially games that I purposely my subconscious <laughs> is trying to forget. Uh, I'm more about battle systems, so why don't you tell us about the uh, the story while I refill my drink? Oh yes, the, the story. You play as somebody. The game apparently calls Finn, but I called him Big Eye because his eyes take up half of his face. It, it seemed to be it seemed appropriate. He is the typical Camelot silent protagonist, and um, well, he's training to become a knight, and he has to save the world from the the vicious. Yes, that is a very nuanced and... The vicious ones? That is what they are called, the vicious one. And they are... Well, that, that really says it all, doesn't it? <laughs> they're, they're vicious, man. They're, they come from uh, the, the place in the, the Earth's core or something. The underworld, whatever. Um, Finn has this Steiner, the dragon you see being held by the girl. In the traditional Camelot way, you have an opening scene that allows you to access your save games where somebody's narrating the story to you. And this is a girl holding the dragon. Um, and because the animators never thought about this, one of his eyes is against her body and it never moves. So, he, so he's obviously gone blind in one eye long ago because you can't keep your eye open for hours without that happening. And Steiner just uh, hangs around and occasionally talks to you because silent protagonist, somebody's got to do it. And eventually, late in the game, you he might just join in to uh, help you in fights. But that, that's another area. Um, you get Annie. Annie, the blonde girl who maybe she likes Finn. I don't know. This is terribly underwritten if you're trying to get any deep character motivations going. Which makes me wonder why, why one person on our forum says this was heavily reliant on story. I really don't see it. Uh, Annie is there, and you, she's nice because she has a heal spell. That's good. We like healers. Then you get Percy, who promptly leaves and doesn't come back for a long, long time. But he's, her, he's Annie's brother, and he's yeah, he's he's a self-sacrificing knight. Wow, that's that's a very deep character right there. Then you get Samson, the veteran soldier, and I'm sure Phil remembers this. You get Samson, you get him for all of one battle, and then he gets cursed, and he stays cursed for a long, long time as part of the plot, which means, as per cursed tradition, he may not act in battle, or if he does act, it might just backlash onto him, which is wonderful. Oh, fun. That's at least 10 hours you're going to be dealing with him because you don't have any character choices until you have the option, to get, until his curse is gone. You get Edward, who is the prince of the kingdom of Marion, and he, yeah, that, 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 there's his character, man. He's the prince. And he's a magician, so he's fine. Magicians are good. Then you get Taunt. Taunt has been turned into uh, what kind of looks kind of like Humpty Dumpty. And he's another magician, and he utterly stinks at any physical combat. But, you know, he's got spells, so again, he's kind of useful to have around. And late in the game, you get Domino, a pirate who is okay, but he doesn't have much magic. And you get Lorelei, a monk, 
whose sprite really looks like the Master Monks in Shining Force 2. Sadly, more confirmation that, yes, Camelot did this game. And I used uh, her a lot just because she, again, decently fast, and she has some good spells. And, and um, let's see here. Oh, yes, Finn's mentor, Kevin's. Yes, Kevin's. Not one Kevin's. Kevin. Many Kevin. <laughs> You know, can I just say that the the all the all these characters sound like the cast of a uh, Thomas and Friends episode. Okay, I'm I think we'd all enjoy that more. Yeah. Um. Let's see. There was uh. There, there's the evil emperor who is attempting to enlist the help of the vicious ones, but he gets betrayed by the vicious ones and killed in a scene that will not make you think of Final Fantasy VI at all. No, not in the slightest. Uh, you have Ramue, who is the evil, vicious one who wears too much lipstick and has pink hair, and well, she's evil, and she's one of those cackling evil types who likes to constantly gloat that she can take you out any time and then wander away for a while, so that of course you only fight her at the end of the game. <laughs> uh, there's a, all right, who is the Shutat? Yes, Shutat is your evil mastermind in chief. In chief, uh, he's the guy with the horns on the cover. And with a fiendish name like Shutat, how can you not take him seriously? And then there's a, a thing, of course, once you beat Shutat and Ramuay at the end, then the evil Arcadius pops up and you have to beat the crap out of him. And then it's, um, let's see, there there was some stuff about how uh, there's a there's a floating temple in the sky and you're following the footsteps of others through the ages about beating the vicious ones uh, you may be doing the will of God. I'm not really sure. That's kind of buried in here. So, yeah, th- this is all very well orchestrated. And as you can tell, this plot is extremely memorable. I just played it a few months ago, and all the details are fresh in my mind. I'm not looking at the wiki entry at all while I'm doing it. Let me let me help <laughs> jog your memory with the titles of some reviews, okay? <laughs> Beyond Frustration. Hmm. Why Camelot? Oh, why? I you, can get behind that. You often wonder how a company can spend so much time and end up with so little. The first console RPG I played nearly made me swear never to play RPGs again. Oh, no. <laughs> oh, that's a rough start. Yeah. Uh, beyond RPG standards, and I mean in a bad way. Yeah. Yes. Okay, well, let, let's not dive into combat quite yet. We've got more stuff to cover. Like, um, okay, I, I can praise it on this end. I can praise it for one thing. Some of the dungeons are kind of clever. There's a dungeon where you shrink and grow by touching mushrooms to get through passages. That's kind of cool. There's a dungeon where you make new parts of it grow by bringing some water to buds on big vines. There's a dungeon where you need to... Uh, make some statues stand in the right places in order to make the path open up. And, you know, I think that is the one part of this game that I think Camelot took and used again, sort of, in Golden Sun, the puzzle dungeon aspect. Having said that, I don't think... Oh, wait, a couple of the music tracks are okay. I I can say that because by the time I played this, I was definitely feeling the Motoi Sakuraba fatigue because a lot of what you hear in here does sound an awful lot like other Motoi Sakuraba work. But that's not to say it's bad. It's just that he kind of recycles a lot. There, there. I've said the good stuff. I'm done. 
and notice that we haven't touched on combat at all yet. Okay, can we talk about combat now? <laughs> we might as well. You got oh, it. Oh, and please, Phil, use the wiki description because it it makes things sound a whole lot more certain than they actually are. Oh, really? I was well, just, look at it. I was going to go off my bitter memories. Uh, <laughs> let's see. <clears throat> uh, com- wait, wait, there is no combat entry. <laughs> gameplay. Wait, oh, gameplay, okay. <clears throat> gameplay in Beyond the Beyond is, for the most part, standard for the role-playing game genre. However, the turn-based battle system does contain one feature that was not standard in... Okay, you know, I can cut them off. Okay, really. Okay. <laughs> Okay, boys and girls, here's how it goes, right? You ever play, like, one of those RPGs, like, I don't know, Super Mario RPG or whatever have you, where you tell Mario what to do, and, like, he starts going through the attack animation, and you press, like, the button at the right moment, he does, like, critical damage or whatever the hell he does. He just, it's awesome. And when the enemy attacks him, when he's defending, if you catch the button at right moment, he'll, like, dodge the attack, right? Or block it and take half damage. Yeah, yeah, something like that, right? Well, imagine boys and girls. Okay, that's way too predictable, right? You're like, but Phil, my (laughs) RPGs need to be more exciting than that, right? I want to make sure I don't even have a thumb when I'm done playing an an RPG. Well, welcome to Beyond the Beyond, boys and girls. Because, see, there's really no visual, great visual cue that says this is the exact right time to get that critical hit or miss or whatever have you. Oh, no, 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 no. So what you end up doing, because you know it's there, it's in the game, it's either the tutorial instruction book, I don't remember which... But there's something in the game that shows you, okay, if you press the uh, X button or whatever at the right time, you'll dodge attacks, you'll get extra damage, extra attacks, whatever. So all I can tell you is I remember during battle, all I kept doing was pressing the button really, 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 really fast. And after a couple of – I mean it just seemed like a complete random – like you just couldn't time this thing by watching the animation. Really, oh, no. I tried. No, no, no. That... See, that's far too predictable. Though. Right. We want, we want unreliable and – guessing games right we want excitement right and so it was yeah yeah this one was just definitely all about pressing the button over and over and over. i mean just quickly quickly pressing it because if you got the right time something cool happened and trust me in some of these battles you needed the help especially since it's one of those like saga frontier games where when you run out of hit points uh it starts pulling from your life point pull you have hit points and life points and and so when you run out of hit points you get, like, dazed then, or whatever it is. Yeah, then you get dazed, you spin around for a while. But, of course, if you hit the button at the right time, then you can pull out of it without losing anything. But Without losing the turn. But, yeah. 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 But you're still gonna, you're going to lose life points. And when you run out of life points, you're dead. And, uh, you know, because that's, that's a super awesome mechanic, right? Um, <laughs> it's like a backup pool of hit points, I suppose. But, um... Well, in, in exchange, you get uh, stat totals that are far more in keeping with Shining Force games than with standard RPGs. Nobody had more than 100 HP by the end of the game, and I made sure to give myself a little extra breathing room with grinding. Yeah, I mean, that's... Yeah, it always seemed like to me that I was I was getting knocked out a lot uh, and dipping into those LPs quite a bit and pressing the button as fast as I could to avoid losing a turn from being dizzy or, or whatever... It was just, it was just a pain in the rear end, and by the end of it, I had to put little tape around my thumb, like little tape, just because it was starting to bleed. So, just putting that out there, it well, was not fun. My thumbs were not bleeding, however, I did get sore wrists because it's not just the button. I I hit 
all the buttons on the controller and I hit the D-pad because you, you honestly don't know what's doing it. And let's not let's not forget the random encounter rate because it's somewhere between insane and just the the, the infinity symbol that that little sideways eight. And it's somewhere between those two. It oh, just, and it, I, I was usually able to run, but that takes a little bit. And you get this lovely scene when you run of the enemies jumping up in triumph at ma- having made you bow down to their awesomeness. So you can say that the game is also insulting you every time you run. What is what is scary is is that there are people who actually like this game, Michael. I am aware of this. I could not be unaware of it after I reviewed the thing a few months ago. And what do we what do you know? Out popped from the woodwork. Well, one person I knew one person we knew, because he talked about it whenever anybody tangentially mentioned the thing on this forums, and he considers the most fun aspect of the battle system rhythmic button mashing. Okay, there was and- nothing rhythmic about it. It was completely <laughs> random. And I'm using his words. Okay, here's his words. <clears throat> Quote, Frequent random encounters can be annoying, but if you actually do enjoy the battles... I- no, no, no one enjoyed the battle system! It was evil! There was nothing to enjoy. No, wrong, bad. Start over, okay? Cutting you off. Just, 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 just. Ah. Yeah. <laughs> so, Mister Apps, you have not touched this game. Is that correct? Not really. No. Don't do it. Although, Apps. although you you were kind enough to uh, loan me your copy. Thanks so much. Yes. <laughs> Put qu- kind in air quotes. But to be fair, you did request it, I believe. I did, because that meant that I did not have to shell out money to buy the thing. Yes, which I did for some reason, because <laughs> Camelot, and i got to have all the Camelot games, so... Yeah, and yes. someday, you'll, someday you'll try it, and I'm sure you'll go, well, I, sure this, is the, this, is, this is the one Camelot game that's an irredeemable lump of garbage. <laughs> yep. Okay, um, okay so well, yeah, we're, we're I, running I, out of time here. Because we got like two more games to cover, and we're hitting oh, the thirty no. mark mark. Thirty. No, minute. I there there was such a wonderful thing when you're fighting the first boss in the game. Uh, the camera occasionally randomly spins around so that it shows you a dynamic view from behind the enemies, and that's the only place that damage pops up on on the screen, right around uh, the head of the enemy. So when the camera spun around, it was actually stuck behind a rock for a second and I couldn't see how much damage I was doing to the boss for a whole turn because the rock was in the way, blocking the text that appears there. Someone forgot to edit that part out. Okay, that that was a feature. All right, because, you know, bosses, they're mysterious, they're powerful. You shouldn't know how many hit points they have left or how much damage you're doing. You just know that you keep whacking on them and eventually they fall over if you're lucky. And let's let's address this battle system in a little more detail. If you don't hit anything, then you will just attack things. They will attack you back. Wham, wham, wham. But if you start hitting the D-pad and hitting the buttons in in whatever order you choose, really, it doesn't matter. The game will recognize pretty much anything you do here, or it might not. See, that's that's the random factor. It's so much fun. You can have any one of the following things happen. You might do a special attack. You might attack twice. You might block an enemy attack. You may counter an enemy attack. Or the enemy might counter you. 
Isn't that fun? Oh, thrilling. Isn't it just fun when, when you're attacking and you miss completely and the enemy counters you back, all due to the random number generator saying, <laughs> you lose. You know what's also fun? Is after I've had one of those massive, like really huge um, beef and uh, bean burritos from uh, Cafe Rio's, and uh, and then afterwards I sit on the toilet for a while and just ah uh, yeah okay Mike uh, wait, wait wait there are also these lovely parts where you just have to go on long long fetch quests and when you come back this thing you were supposed to be preventing by doing the fetch quest has just happened because see that's the story of this game you go to a king and he tells you go get a class change. And you go get the class change, and it takes an hour. And you come back, and you find, oh, crap. I get back just in time to see you being bombed out and the vicious ones killing you. That's that's a wonderful reward. That's, isn't that a wonderful reward? And the bosses, I must mention this. None of the regular enemies have more than about 100 HP. The final boss has something like 3,500 HP. And the most damage you can possibly do in a turn is something like uh, 150, 200. Yeah, I, I mean... So you're going to be at it a while. <laughs> uh, you were at it a lot longer than I was, Mike. Oh, oh and, I, and I forgot this even better thing. that You get these items that tell you... Actually, they don't tell you what you do, what they do. You just have to figure it out. That's another wonderful thing about this game. It doesn't tell you what any of the items do. You have to figure it out for yourself. But you, when you use one, it tells you that it has reduced magic damage by half. And you're thinking, oh, okay, that's, that's a good thing to save. I might want to save these for a boss. No. That is a permanent change. You use these things, and permanently, magic damage dealt to your characters goes down by half. You might want to know that, everybody who wants to play this game. I'm not going to tell you what the item is, though. You have to find that out for yourself. I'm not going to be that helpful. <laughs> Ooh, I have to admit, I didn't get. I did never figure that out. I was too busy mashing buttons and saying swear words. Okay. Well, I, I, I can say that if you are constantly going to yourself... Man, I'm so annoyed at the sedate pace of most RPGs where I just push a button and things happen. How about I ram, I wham on the controller constantly so that my wrists get get painful? Wouldn't that be a great evening? And then do it multiple evenings until you finish the game so that your wrists are in, need to be brought to a doctor? Isn't that a great idea? <laughs> oh, it's a great something. <laughs> All right, so... Oh, yes, and we might as well mention Max Storm's comment on my review. He remembered being excited to finally have a PlayStation and pick up Beyond the Beyond. It wasn't until he had it in his position that he knew it was from Camelot, one of his favorite developers, as he loved Shining Force. He's never been so let down by a game in his life. It was a slow, plotting mess that was not fun in any way whatsoever. He returned it and never looked back. Such a mess of a game. So, you know, if if you want to keep the pattern going, Mr. Apps, you should probably try it because, you, you know, you and Mac almost always disagree. It, it was clearly it was clearly a cash in attempt. Uh, you know, I mean, this this game was was just so horrific that even the contrarian himself, the master contrarian, Otterland, gave this a one point five. <laughs> That's how you know how this game was super, super bad. Uh I mean, the average RP gamer score is 1.3 out of 5. And mind you, on our website, the lowest score we can give something is a 1, not a 0. So you really can't get much lower than 1.37 with multiple reviews. Um, it, it was it was just, uh, yeah, beyond the mundane, 
be uh, this is the the titles of the reviews beyond the mundane uh, oh an rp gamer beyond hope from the world past hope and fear and as redundant as his name implies and my title came from a reference to uh sinbad and the whatever the first sinbad movie was and uh there's this guy michael minky whatever says <laughs> Interesting dungeon ideas, but pitiful guidance, horribly random battle mechanics, and badly gauge inventory. Uh, and, and, and I'm telling you, I looked at the box art, and I was a big fan of Shining Force, and part of it that got me to buy this game, Impulse Buy, was the fact that it looked like a Shining Force game. The font, the graphics, the style, a lot of it said Shining Force. Now, granted, it was clearly from the box description it was a more traditional JRPG as opposed to a tactical RPG. But, I mean, even little screen art with the sprite graphics and stuff said well, Shining you know, Force, right? Shining in the Darkness has not aged all that well, but I would gladly play Shining in the Darkness ten times over before I play Beyond the Beyond another minute. <laughs> I just I, I just don't know what the what the hell... Okay, we gotta get going. So here is the price <laughs> wrap-up, wrap which now I closed... I think my subconscious did that on purpose. Uh, I don't. I don't think this one is quite at the level of Secret of the Stars. No, no, there's no secret here about how bad this <laughs> game is. So I don't know what's going on with Tecmo. Maybe because people like Tecmo uh, football. And anyways, you can get Beyond the Beyond for ten dollars. Why in the world you would spend ten dollars when you could go out and get a coffee at Starbucks for that amount instead? I don't know. Or lunch. Or something, you know. But uh, don't do it, okay? Now, we need to move forward. Oh, my good lord. We are not coming to this one, are we? Oh, good grief. I actually remember this game. Oh, for the love of all that is holy my entire life. Another rental for my past. All right. Well, well Phil, you you had to find an RPG on the N64, didn't you? Yeah, this is the same problem with Beyond the Beyond. Is like, okay, I've got this system. I've already played the one... Uh, you know what? Actually, I need to take a break. I'm gonna, we're gonna take a break. We're gonna we're gonna stop right. I need to refill the drink for this one. I gotta refill my drink. We're gonna be right back after after this commercial message or musical break, or maybe it's an advertisement for a new liquor drink. Hold on one second. We'll be right back. <laughs> Okay, we're back, and I have a fresh cup of my strained vodka, grapefruit, blue juice, crap mix, and uh, that means I'm ready to talk, we're ready to talk about this next, you know what, we have to bring in reinforcement, seriously, these these <laughs> games are such crap, and this we're only halfway through, I had, I had to, you know, you, you, who wants to be a millionaire, you get to dial a friend, we had to dial a friend, it's been a <laughs> while since, a it's been a while since he's been on the show, but when it comes to crap that stinks this badly, you have to dig deep. And so uh, we have uh, Mr. Uh, David McBurney on the show with us. Hi, Dave. Quite regrettably back to uh, – uh, I've got some memories to dredge up now. Oh, we're, we're going to be dredging up some memories as we talk about Quest 64, developed by Imagineer, published in North America by Poop HQ. I mean THQ. 
This was... Toy headquarters. <laughs> uh, yeah, toilet headquarters, exactly. Uh, this was released <laughs> in North America on June 1st, 1998, and the entire world cried. Uh, this is a single-player role-playing game that, before you play it, you really, to, to experience it properly, you actually need to make sure you have the television and the Nintendo 64 installed together in your bathroom. Because that's, that's the only right way to experience this game. So, let's say, Dave, let's say, Dave, you've got a Nintendo 64. And, yeah, and you're looking for an RPG. <laughs> you know, you're, you're just like, hey, I'm a role-playing gamer, and, uh, you know, I'm looking for, you know, a role-playing game. I, like, we can leave the realm of hypotheticals, because it's the exact situation I had in this at this time. Uh, yeah, yeah, right. And uh, and and you know what? Uh, gosh, Legend of Zelda, it's going to come out in a few months. But damn it, you want something now? Because you got this console and it's taking up space. And you want you want a role playing experience right now. And then you yeah. see it. You see it, Dave. You see Quest sixty four. It's oh, got man. a guy. He's got a wizard staff. He's got a wizard staff. There's a gnome with a mace, and he looks dangerous. And and in the upper right hand corner it says only on the Nintendo 64. So you know this is an exclusive. I have to have the N64 experience. <laughs> you gotta have, and you and hey, you've got. And, and don't forget the great haircut on this guy. <laughs> yeah, yeah. The, what the hell is that called, anyways? Uh, mullet or whatever? I, I don't even know what the hell that. What his hair? His hair. Stupid. Stupid. Okay, so you got this guy with stupid haircut, really big Japanese eyes. He's facing off against the knoll. He's got a staff in his hand. Some wolves behind him. A drat, a lizard. What the hell is that behind? I can't even tell if that's behind him or way behind him or really close to his head. Is it a little dragonette or is it like way in the background? But it's really stupid. Wyvern. Okay, and is that a turd coming out of his ass? Anyways, so okay, all right. But 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 that, and on the right hand side, you know, it's got the Nintendo sixty four logo, you know. So you're pretty sure this is going to be an awesome three D experience, right, Dave? Yeah. So you plunk down your sixty bucks or whatever the hell it was back then, and you buy it, and you take it home, and you get ready to step into the shoes of oh. Brian. I mean, with a name like Brian, this can't go wrong, right? I mean, yeah, come on. I mean, what an exciting name. Exciting. Brian. I mean, why don't they just call him Bob? I mean, Jesus. <laughs> I'm Jimmy Wizard, and I'm here to save the world. Oh, uh, yeah, yeah. Okay. Well, I, okay, I have I mean, experience with this one as a rental, but as I told Miki earlier, I can't remember the story of any game I played unless it's super memorable. <laughs> and this is memorable uh, for the wrong reasons. So can you tell us anything about the story of this quote-unquote RPG. <laughs> the story? Yeah, the deep... Quest 64. The deep story um, of Quest 64. Your dad's missing. Go pick up some elemental crystals at the end. <laughs> like, that's about the sum total of it. There's also a demon there at some point. Like, it's about... Like, when you pick up something that has the name Quest 64, you know that they weren't thinking too hard about, like, plot or characters or world building because they also couldn't be bothered to come up with a name. I'm looking here, and Wiki says it was called Holy Magic Century in Pal Area. It's got a way better... Like, there's a a Game Boy Color port of this that has a way better name in Japan because that, that game is called Elemental Tale... Jack's uh, Great Adventure, Satan's Counterattack. 
You know what's really funny is if you look up the French name of the game, the French translation, and you translate it back into English, it's actually called Holy Piece of Crap. Okay? I believe it. Yeah. But the the other thing about this, so when I first picked this up, I didn't have a controller pack. So not only was I playing this awful, like, really just the most generic, boring RPG ever, but I was also caught in, like, this Groundhog Day loop where I would just start it up and, like, oh, I still don't have a controller pack. You poor... And I still can't get anywhere in this because every time I shut it down, it just starts over. You poor, poor soul. Yeah, and, how and, much yeah. mindless grinding is needed? Sir? Just... That, that game, well, the thing is, it's the grindiest thing in the world because, like, you... You know, it doesn't have level ups. Like it does the whole saga oh, frontier. Uh, yeah, yeah, like practice but, a skill and level it up. Crap. Yeah, but you know, you have four elements, so each of those elements levels up individually. And also, to level up your HP, you have to hit things with your stupid stick, which is uh, not the most intuitive thing in the world. <laughs> is it it's... true that by putting a rubber band on the controller and just running in circles, you can raise your agility? Yes, that will work, but it it raises at such a slow rate that it's not really <laughs> worth your time. You're going to be sitting there for a long time while the game just plays itself. Well, you could just leave it on overnight. Even if you do that, it's not going to give you the results you were hoping for. <laughs> no, no, it doesn't doesn't quite work it's out that very, nicely. Uh, the, the game knew that, like, oh, agility is the thing that's going to happen regardless of what you're doing, so the game, like, the agility level-up pacing is so slow as to be just pointless. Or you uh, could just take a long trip and leave the game on the whole time you're gone. Yeah, I love doing that. That does great things <laughs> to my system. Let me tell you about that time my PS2 died because I tried that. Ooh. That was fun. <laughs> but, like, I, I suppose the worst thing about this game is that it commits the crime of not even being bad in memorable fashions. It's just sort of poorly constructed. Like, the story is just there. The environments are ugly. The, like, the quests are mostly just sort of fetch quests. The level-up system could have been interesting if it wasn't so mind-meltingly tedious. There's, There's just not... It doesn't do anything right, but it also doesn't do anything wrong enough to be amusing. Because I'm I'm a connoisseur of very bad video games, and this game just has nothing going for it. It is it is it is soulless. I don't know how to explain it. It's so vanilla. I mean, it's it's kind of like okay. So the cameras behind the if I remember this correctly, David. I mean, you can correct me on any of this if you're wrong. Because I'm it's primarily behind the back. Behind the back, right? I, and correct me if I'm wrong. Because I'm going off of like a rental from like 15, 20 years ago. Um, but, uh, so, guys, think about, like, Demon Souls or Dark Souls or how they calls, except it's not fun at all. It, it's just, it, it, it's just, it's just plain, it's just vanilla. I mean, the coolest thing about it is that as you, okay, so as you use skills, they, they sort of level, like, spells and stuff, right? Don't they level up, Dave? As you, as you use spells within a certain tree, those spells will level up and you will get related spells within that element. Right, and so that seems kind of cool, right? I mean, that's I mean, Saga Frontier, whatever. That's kind of the thing. You you want to play around and keep using skill, you know, things over and over again, hoping that you'll unlock new skills. The thing I remember is that as you unlock, let's say, higher levels of water or fire or whatever the hell they were called, um, you know, the air effect or whatever might increase, but it, it just wasn't super exciting. I don't even think the I don't even think the damage increased, but like well, the air. Like it- 
like usually what it would do is you would get you would get a bigger version of a spell you'd already gotten. So right. it's like like oh this is now some rocks fall but now some bigger rocks fall and it, like that was a, that was a great spell because sometimes the rocks would all just fall in a way that meant that the enemy never got hit at all. But <laughs> like that's the that's the earth tree is basically a bunch of rocks fall also magic barrier. And, and I mean that would help a little bit in the fact that the problem is when you were trying to aim a spell at an enemy, there was no guidelines. It wasn't like it showed you, okay, the spell's going to hit over here. You just kind of aimed your character in that direction, and based on previous experience with that spell, you kind of hoped it would, you know, kind of hit that enemy. But if your character wasn't facing the exact right way, you'd end up blowing those magic points and wasting them because you would just hit empty space. Yeah, and it's also, it just... The combat was really, like, for something that you technically was not turn-based, the combat was really slow because it was constantly being interrupted by these giant, like, huge, uninterruptible spell effects. Ah, <sighs> uh, it, it was just, it, it just wasn't... It, it felt like it was created, like, less out of an, a desire to innovate and more just an understanding of, oh man... The N64 is basically completely barren of RPGs. We can sort of corner the market. Yeah, an RPG should have spells, so let's put a spell system in here. Yeah, let's make him a wizard and pop some of this crap in here, and people will buy it. Which did unknowingly on on Wiki, (laughs) I see an ex. I see an excerpt from the IGN review that says Quest proves beyond a doubt that compelling RPG graphics are possible on a cart. What the beep? Okay. What do you mean? If I say what I really want to say, I'm gonna to have to ampersand half this half this podcast. What, what the hell, Mike? What the hell? Okay. All right. All right. All right. All right. Well, that's telling us that IGN said that this has good graphics. Okay. What? What? F64 was not even a particularly attractive game at the time. It okay. Here, I'll, I'll go to the full article because obviously Wiki was taking we some have kind of to. context. Well, you know. We... What if we don't and we say we did? Well, Can we sounds, do that, guys? It sounds like I was right to rent this game once and then never go to it henceforth. The, the, re- the reviewer says, "Don't get me wrong. Quest sixty four is not a bad game at all. It's got great graphics. <laughs> <laughs> it's got great graphics and sound. And THQ should be commended for producing an above average attempt to give N sixty four owners what they've been asking for since the release of the system: a game with more depth than the pursuit of an evil witch who has kidnapped some animal sweetheart." Uh, I, 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 hold on. I am just of these lies. Nevertheless, beginners who have little to no experience with RPGs and are looking for a first encounter with the genre will love Quest. No, they won't! They'll want to slit their wrist! <laughs> or do drugs! Them, like, scare you away from RPGs, because, like, oh, are all of them this boring and monotonous? Yeah, this well, is if, driving if people away the from games, the genre. If you go by the games in this show, then yes, <laughs> they are. Oh, man. I was terrified when I heard mention of, like, Secret of the Stars being on this, because I was like, oh, wait a minute, I'm confusing that with Hoshio Miruhito, and that's a very different <laughs> game that is also terrible. I can't speak to that one. I haven't played it yet. Secret of the Stars is fresh in my mind, but, you know, we already got Phil's diarrhea mind out of the way for that. We don't need to go back into it, unless unless you had something you wanted to add. No, 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 I'm just saying, like, those two are conflated in my mind, and I don't know why. <laughs> But no, Quest 64 was like, this just, 
It was, if nothing else, a, an accurate bellwether for what would be the majority of the rest of the N64's life, where you would not have many RPGs, and especially not any good ones. Yeah, it was, you know, you're exactly right, David. It was like, uh, it was it was a prelude. It, it just, should have seen the writing on the wall. This is going to be a sucky-ass system if you're into RPGs. You'll get Ocarina of Time, you'll get Ogre Battle 64. Paper Mario? Paper, yeah, Mario, Paper Mario, and that's Majora's it. Mask. Majora's Mask. I'm not a fan of Mask, I'm sorry. What, what about, what about Titan Chronicles? Enjoy it. 5 but... 1 is Zelda version of Groundhog Day. I, no. <laughs> jet, no. Okay, no. but well, the, one, the other thing I was going to point out is that the other amazingly forgotten and garbage RPG for the N64 is also about mages, because that one's Aiden Chronicles, the first mage. And I hope that no one remembers that, because that well, game is. That's a cool. That's a much better title than Quest sixty four. It still sounds like something I'd pick up off the rack of the like airport fantasy section. That's true. I remember the EGM review going for a plus. Well, it is an RPG for the N sixty four, and then the minus is don't get us started. <laughs> yeah, that's a that's a fairly accurate summation. I I mean you know graph back in those days eighty three D graphics was a big deal, right? I mean. It, I mean, it, if you look, it has an okay draw distance, which was pretty rare at the time. Yeah, I'm not gonna yeah, knock that's it. Definitely true. I'm not gonna knock it for its simplistic graphics. What I will knock it for it's is its complete mediocre soulless gameplay. I just, uh, it was just, it was just, yeah, it was like like Kingsville Field, whatever the hell that was called. I mean, that Kingsfield, was that's a weird game, like. Yeah, it's, it's, it's like Kingsfield's more action than Quest ever was. Right, so but I mean, aren't, it's... We, aren't we talking about enough bad games <laughs> on the show already? Did you have just... to? Did you have to bring in Kingsfield? Oh man, I could talk your ear off about Kingsfield. Uh, just, just avoid this game, boys. Just, just don't, don't. Oh, play but it. Phil, you haven't done the price roundup. Because you can't get this one digitally, so we have to get it physically. Okay, there's a reason why you can't get it digitally, because somebody Nintendo finally had the sense to not re-release this on the eStore, or whatever the hell they call it, Wii Thankfully, Store. Thankfully, I think, like, both companies involved in its production are now out of business, so, I mean... But but let's just say you drink way too much vodka one, and you actually thought buying this game was a good idea on eBay or Half.com. You're looking at 40 bucks. And that'll be forty bucks. You're never gonna get back. That's no stop. Wow. That I'm terrible. Well, the, on the bright side, in order to ingest that much alcohol, you'll be dead first. Right, right, <laughs> exactly, Dave. I knew there was a reason why I invited you on the show. Don't do it, Bulls. Just, just, just don't. We're we're gonna move on now. Kind of like some of my bowel movements. <laughs> we're we're just wow. going to move on to way too much about your <laughs> that's what this whole show's been about and this is all Minky's no, fault this is 100% Minky's fault because he's like hey it's Phil's birthday I got this great idea let's screw him up the ass <laughs> yeah I, I, very polite of him yeah we, we, you should know that Dave that uh, this is Phil's birthday and I it, this is his celebration he gets to talk about all these wonderful games I've had no less than five people at work ask me today hey Phil it's your birthday. What are you gonna do tonight? And and, and, uh, and I almost blurted it out. And low in regret. We're gonna talk about crappy ass games that I wish I could forget. But no, I didn't say that. I said go away. All right. So so let's move on. Now this game, actually, I'm gonna let you guys talk about because this one, this was this was by the time this game came out, 
I was getting plugged into the internet. I did start reading reviews, and I avoided this particular title. I am talking about Ephemeral. Ephemeral. Fant- Is that how you say it? Fantasia. Uh, uh, developed. Short lived. Yeah, developed and published by Konami. Released on the PlayStation 2 in North America on July 9th, 2001. This is a single RPG experience. Okay. A traditional role-playing game with turn-based battles and a variety of player characters and skills. Including <laughs> a guitar minigame that can be played several times no. throughout the course of the story. No. And the guitar is there, right in the front of the box in case you were wondering. It's like the is, character's holding oh, it. Oh, and, and the guitar is sentient. That is a talking guitar. Yes, the guitar's name is Patimo. So this sounds like an exciting game. It's just it's just awesome. I've never seen this one before. No. Please stop because I'm so angry at this game right now. <laughs> Phil, I, I, uh, I, I sampled this game yesterday, and I can tell you that, no, this is not an exciting let me, game. Let me, let me give you a little personal recollection. This is straight from my memory. Okay, so imagine that you're me, and early 2001, and you've just gotten a PS2, you've skull-dugged a way to grab one, and, oh man, it's the new generation of consoles, and look at how much better these graphics can be. Okay, I gotta pick up some RPGs. Well, Evergrace was a dud, but I mean, there's a new thing from Konami. Konami makes good games. Let's let's grab this new <laughs> Konami RPG. It's called Ephemeral Fantasia. I don't know what either of those words means, but, I mean, it must be interesting. So, I, I, I grab this, and just start playing it, and first of all, this game is monstrously ugly because, like, it's it's clearly, like, a late-life port from a Dreamcast game that didn't look very good on the Dreamcast, and... <clears throat> yeah, I, the Dreamcast could do a lot better than this. Yeah, like, this is ugly by any given standard. Uh, and what you find out when you start playing this is, hey. hey, remember that thing we were talking about, about Majora's Mask being Groundhog Day? This is Groundhog Day as well. Okay. Instead of, oh, yes, like, it is. Yep. But, okay, Dave. Okay, right now, you're just exaggerating, okay? Let's just pull up a <laughs> screenshot or three from... <laughs> Holy crap, what the hell is this? <laughs> Holy so cow! Oh, my God! Oh, my God! Mickey! Mickey! They have no noses! <laughs> oh, my God! It's a noseless people on the PS2! It's like the... Now, now Phil... Remember how I was show it, sharing some of the beautiful artwork from this game with you? Like, look at the box. Look at that girl on the right side. Don't you believe that every male would instantly be smitten with her? Just look at that sensuous expression. Well, well I'm smitten, but Mike, none of them have noses. How do they breathe? It's like the faceless They're ones. Breathers. What else do you expect? It's like the faceless ones from the PlayStation One that I'm trying to forget about from the time oh, you no, showed why? me. Oh no! Why? Why would you do that to me? No. How? How in the hell do you have a PlayStation Two game with no noses? It can handle the polygons. It really can. Uh, oh, this is not even the half of it. So, like, the first time you go through the loop, you so your character is this. I'm not sure of a kind way to describe the character. He doesn't really talk much, but he seems like a dick. Um, I, I named, named him a jerk. Yeah, he's uh, his name is Mouse, like, by default. And he's talking yeah, no. guitar Patimo. And he's supposed to be, like, the wedding player for this uh, band. Like, the the wedding... He's, he's, he's here to play a wedding at this island uh, for, like, this 
This uh, dude named Zelfer Boyle. I did spend forever. Um, and it's, it turns out that the guy whose wedding he's playing is an evil wizard named Zelferpolis, who has trapped the island in a time loop for reasons I can't begin to remember, because I tried to block a lot of this game out of my mind. <laughs> uh, there actually was a reason, but we'll get to that. <laughs> I'm sure that whatever it was, it wasn't good enough. No, it wasn't good enough. So, like, a lot of this game boils down to just meeting appointments through a very confusingly laid-out city, because, like, the town you're in, and because of it's a Groundhog Day loop game, it tries to use time, and because of that, a lot of your time is like, oh, you need to be here doing this for this reason, and every single thing that you're doing, like, involves wandering around a very strangely laid-out very confusing town because the town itself is, well, it doesn't really have a lot of graphical assets among itself, so it just feels like a maze even though it's not supposed to be. And so, like, my most salient memories of this is the first time I'm booting it up, and the game tells me to go do an appointment, and I can't get there, can't find it, uh, the game yells at me for not finding it, then boots me to the next story sequence anyway, and that just keeps happening, and I just keep getting infuriated at it because I still don't know where anything is. Now, my story is similar, except that I knew what I was in for, so I stayed glued to a fact the whole time. And even then, the fact co- constantly used very specific directions as to where you needed to go, and I had oh, to the, follow the them. facts that are just like, they only work if you've been following them from word for word from the beginning. <laughs> Close enough. <laughs> Uh, and, and Mr. Apps, you just played this last night. Isn't I it nice did. that the clock constantly vanishes? Yeah, it's even... easy to tell what time it is and how close you are to being late for something. I didn't even realize there was a clock. I, w- I was having too you... much. <laughs> I was having too much trouble <laughs> navigating around town because everything looks the same. I, I remember. I'm trying to remember. Like this is calling forth from the hazes of my memory. So a lot of this game, the the party members it talked about, in order to get them into your party, you have to convince them that time is looping. And in order to do that, you have to go on really insane and stupid fetch quests. It's just like, I think, there's like, the one that I remember was there's one where like a guy breaks his pen. So you have to go out and like recreate his pen from scratch and hand it to him just as he breaks his old one so that he will know that he was about to break his pen and oh you must have knowledge from the future <laughs> yes and, and of course to do that you have to go fight a bird in a cemetery somewhere because that is the only way to get that's the only way to make that <laughs> and doing that requires that you have two other people to let you get into the cemetery in the first place it's, it's a very exclusive cemetery yeah i mean you know you gotta be high class to get into this uh or in, in order to get one of those people you have to stop her from trying to blow up the princess with an explosive in her drink. And of course, to do that, you fight the sentient ingredient that is the explosive twice, and then you drink it yourself to prove to everyone that that drink was just fine, and then she'll go, but how could you possibly have known to do that? You must be from the future after all. (laughs) Ha ha ha. Wow. (laughs) That sounds so amazing when you just put it that way, because it's like, what the hell is this? This right, is insane. And then it's like, all actually the, play it, it's like, how could a game be this boring? We're taking all the mundanity out. We're, I mean, if you strip all of the, the waiting around, the endless waiting around, then uh, well, you'd have a better game. So that's obviously it's not the game we're talking about. It's mostly an appointment meeting simulator. <laughs> yeah. 
And of course, it's the developers thought it would be a great idea to have exactly one place where you can go to advance time, and then you have to go through a little cutscene of going to bed every time you. But yeah, I great... think the I think the stupid like Guitar Freaks mini game is supposed to be like, oh, that's the way to kill some time, but it's just like this is so simplistic, it's almost insulting. Once you figure it out, yeah, but the instructions telling you how to play it are awful. Yeah, so the, the, the instructions times... themselves are terrible, but the <laughs> mini game itself is horrifically simplistic. <laughs> It is yeah. somehow the worst of all possible worlds. Yeah, and you, apparently you need to play it a couple of times to stupid Princess Laurel, Laurelay. I don't know how to pronounce it, and this is a game with goofy-ass pronunciations, so who knows what the proper pronunciation is, but if you play the right song at her and you do well at it, then she'll toss a flower at you. Oh, so is, is getting a zero good? Because that's no. what I got. That, that just means you have to talented and throw them thing wheels. <laughs> I, I couldn't figure out the controls. Right! See, it was explained so well. <laughs> you had no idea that pressing left on the controller actually makes one of those options tick off, did you? Nope. <laughs> Neither did I until I read the fact, going, what the hell is this? Why do I have... Why are my motions on the screen having no effect on my guitar playing? <laughs> yeah. Uh, this so let's see. Let's let's go through the character roundup because they're so deep that it'll take us oh, a long I'm trying time. Trying to remember half these ones. Just, well, well, there's uh... Kite the sailor, the bald sailor who apparently has a big stuffed fish that he hits things with. Oh yeah, everyone has a has a ridiculous weapon. Patamo is apparently your weapon, even though he is in fact alive. <laughs> yeah, uh, you just bash people with your sentient guitar. Why not? Yeah, you know, for kicks. There's Claire, the lady who apparently doesn't like blouses. Uh, she has a chain or something, and she has a really odd hairstyle that seems to go down to about her knees or below. It's impressive in its way. It is. Of course, you have to look, you have to actually stare at the graphics to figure it out. That's no. Yeah, good. it's 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 not worth it. You might there's, need those eyes someday. Like for yeah, pretty there's, much. There's Bagoth, the castle guard commander, who's a, he's a general, and. Um, you know, he dies each time in the time loop, so you'd think it would be pretty easy to convince him. But no, you have to... I don't even remember how I got the guy. It had something to do with going into the, the malfunctioning reactor at just the right time and beating the sentient thing in the middle in order to prove to him that it was about to blow up. Uh, yeah, like, just bear in mind that every single one of these recruits is basically a completely nonsensical boss fight and fetch quest. <laughs> Or there's Plosi the painter, who looks like he's a constant pervert, and he's absolutely worthless in battles to get rid of him properly, but you need to get him anyway. But you have to recruit him anyway. Do you have to rec recruit all the characters to finish the game? I don't think so, because I missed one. There's a character who's technically a bad guy, and you're supposed to plant a flower on his grave, and then he'll join you at the very end of the game, and he's a Minotaur-type dude, so he might have been actually cool, but you know, the, in, not in this He's game. He's in ephemeral Fantasia. He's not Right. <laughs> and because I didn't get him, I apparently didn't get the best ending of the game, and I'm perfectly okay with that. All of these people deserve nothing but misery. <laughs> oh, yes, there's Rinna, the the innkeeper girl who fights with a broom. <laughs> yeah. You know, you go to the... General goes to war with the army, Scott. <laughs> yeah, and she... Uh, oh, she she changes into Rindrina. I, I hope... <laughs> I hope that was a 
translation error because otherwise it makes no doll. And Rindrina is dressed uh, in a sort of cat costume, and she has totally different moves because when you when you put on a costume, your whole being changes. That's just how it works. Sailor Moon, Sailor Moon, right? Yeah, fighting evil by cat light. <laughs> and there, there's the there's the bandit Galhint who you see get killed over and over. I'm just going by the names that Konami gave us. I have no choice about these names. (laughs) These aren't names. And Galhint is... He actually knows that he's in a time loop and he's constantly getting killed over and over again because Zelferpolis just told him to. And then he eventually... He was just a little depressed anyway and just... (laughs) Yeah, it was something about... Normally, you just die normally and you get recycled over and over, but if Zelferpolis really, really wants to, then he can use time magic to kill you and then you die forever. It's all very well explained. If you die in the game, you die in real life. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, and Mouse is part of a golden three. You get to meet his friends Beak and Fang. Those can't be be real names. Oh, yes, they can. And now you're complaining? That's true. No, well, I keep forgetting his name was the mouse because that's that's not what I named him. No, not the mouse. It's mouse. I'm oh, sorry, mouse. He's not, he's not good enough for definite. He's just mouse. Uh, and those two just join you, and uh, yeah, that, that's sure all I have to God. say about them. And there's the the robotic puppet thing called Lloyd that uh, you beat the crap out of, and then it, you fix it, and it, that's all there is to say about it. It's a it's a puppet thing. I, I love looking through this. Like the, all of these are on Wikipedia, and they have the strangest descriptions. <laughs> the robotic enigma created by magic science. <laughs> yes, magic science as opposed to regular. Science. Yeah, no, it's it's better than regular science. It's magic. Uh, yeah, and then there are all these bad guys who. Well, one of them is uh, uh, I think it's Jawaro, and when you actually see her, she looks kind of like Doctor Octopus of all things. <laughs> She seriously got the arms on her back. <laughs> so I guess if you want to see a game that rips off Spider-Man to a degree, this is it. But you have to play a long time to find her real form. I feel like there's got to be better uh, Dr. Octopus <laughs> video games anyway. You could one if you're looking. It can't be that hard, yeah. Oh, yes, and then there's the old hag. <laughs> That's yeah, her. you know, hag. And she has four daughters who are also uh, hags. And yeah. you have to you have to talk to all of them to go through a fetch quest because why not? Why would you expect different at this point? <laughs> you really shouldn't. Uh, oh, and then there's Twin Boom, the the bird dude, and you have to kick the crap out of him. And um, yeah, that's that's all there is to him. He, he's helping yeah. himself follow us with the time loop. He's a deep character. For some reason, I don't know. You you implied you remembered what the reason behind this time loop was. And I don't at all. <laughs> Well, okay, you get deep. You get way near the end of this thing, and you learn that Mouse and Zelferpolis and these people helping him are actually members of this canon clan. That is actually what they call it, canon. <laughs> are they pirates? <laughs> that would be way no. rather than the actual explanation. Oh. It would. No, they are some clan that for for ages untold has the ability to manipulate time in some way, and that's why... Mouse has not been stripped of his memories every time he's recycled, and when he touches people, then they share the power or something. And why has Zelferpolis been doing this? Because the princess is the one, uh, I think he calls it like a queen 
it's like the queen of an insect colony. She's the strongest of all of them, and he's been siphoning her power for however long this time loop has been going on. And then he turns into a, a demonic flying thing that you have to get the crap out of because he tried to suck all her power out at once, and it was too much, and he's malfunctioning. But by gum, he's going to try and take you with him. Wow, uh, that's... Uh, I'm glad I didn't remember that. <laughs> I'm going to go back to not remembering that. <laughs> well, you know... I just wanted to spoil everything so that no one will feel compelled to play to the end like I had to and go through. We haven't even talked about how wonderful combat is in the game, have oh, we? My gosh. I didn't even make it to combat. Yeah, it's actually, it <laughs> takes a long time to hit anything resembling actual combat. And then when you do, you're likely to get poisoned and killed because yeah. you can't buy antidotes for a long time. Yeah. But combat, A, it has what, 10, 15 second load times to get in and 10, 15 second load times to get out? Yeah, it's, it's a slow game. <laughs> and, then, and then when you get in there, you go, oh, this is kind of like Active Time Battle, except crap. Once again, this game really just has nothing going for it. I remember, uh, I played enough of it to wonder, what the hell is there no normal battle? Either you surround the enemy or they surround you, and it's usually they surround you. That's <laughs> yeah, of course. it. There is nothing but one side being surprised. Every freaking time. Even bosses. I don't get it. How did one of us get surprised? We went through a long story <laughs> segment to establish that this creature was here. Because Konami's programmers couldn't be bothered to do anything else. That's the explanation. I can't even begin to imagine, like, how this game came into existence. Like, Konami would have, re like, released this, like, a year after Suicoden 2. Ooh. <laughs> Like yep. just just as the study contrasts. Yep. Wow. Um Well, one of those two games <laughs> is considered an all time best. Let's let's flip a coin, see which one it is. Hmm. Oh I have a two I have a two headed coin. I guess that means it has to be sweet coding too. Yeah. Funny how that works. Um so yeah, combat takes an idiotically long time and once you get three people I find it hilarious that uh when you're being attacked by enemies, they have to go one at a time so that even if you're ready to do something, you get to wait 30 seconds for all their combat animations to go through just to take even longer. Yeah. It's... And the, the difficulty balance is completely wonky. There are a couple of bosses in the end of the game that are complete jokes, but the dungeons to get to them are not jokes at all because this game has absolutely no predictability when it comes to what you're going to fight. As you go up in levels, new things will pop up right next to the old things that are a complete joke and can't damage you at all. It's The, the entire game feels some combination of incredibly low budget and almost unfinished. Like, it, it's, it's clearly stretching its budget by virtue of the fact that it's constantly <laughs> having to reuse, you know, assets. Just the nature of the premise is, like, yeah. reused assets. And, like... Because of the, like, the combat, the weird surprise issue, the way that everything's so slow, the way that things seem to be poorly optimized for the platform, which is why it takes forever to load anything, it just feels like the game was just sort of put out because they were tired of wasting money on it. Well, hell, they already had to shift development off the Dreamcast. we got to get this thing out. Yeah, like, there, there, there is no salvaging this product. We're done here. Was, was this a launch title for the PS2, it or was, was it shortly July, after launch? It was a 2001 game, which means that it came out around the time Dark Cloud 1 did. Oh, my. Which has also not aged very well. Yeah, that game's not. Um, no, but like, that is still a much better game than... Oh, definitely. definitely. ...than played of this. But, like, the... The first year of the PS2, regardless of what your preferred genre is, it's like this wasteland of half-baked video games. 
oh, but Mr. Apps, you, sh- you totally should play the whole thing, because, you know, I think I took over 70 hours to finish it. It's a long-ass game. Uh, unfortunately... <laughs> you know unfortunately, you want to sacrifice three days of your life to finish this game. I have a review game to play, so I, I really need to take care of that. Otherwise, you know... I, I, I totally I accept that offer. Yeah, surely. Well, I, I mean, you, you can't get it digitally. You have to get it physically, and I gave you a physical copy of this rare, wonderful game. Gosh, you sure did. Go for at this point. Um, I, I will say this. I will say this for Feral Fantasia. If it was remade, and everything was made better, then it could be interesting. If it was a that different is... game, it could be good. <laughs> if you take the basic idea and do it well, which involves throwing out almost all of this and starting pretty much from How about scratch. you just go play Majora's Mask instead? Or watch Groundhog Day. Really, one. either option. Yeah. I'd like to... Oh, man, this is amazing. So I decided to go look at the prices on Amazon. And so you've got a new sealed copy, which costs $110. <laughs> oh, no! What? <laughs> and you've got used copies starting at $1.39. <laughs> <laughs> that's, a, that's a minor price difference. A little bit, a little bit. Then again, Amazon, just underneath it, recommended me Tsukunai Atonement, which is an actually interesting game. So let's not think too hard about what Amazon has to say. No, Amazon's recommendations are pulled Very right strange. Out. But yeah, um, there's some price breadth. If you hate yourself, you can get this for cheap and, you know, experience the video game equivalent of self-mutilation. Uh, yeah, you will be playing it a long time, so you will definitely get a lot of bang for your buck. There, that, 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 that your dollar thirty nine will go to many hours of suffering. It will. You get great value of you know if you if you go to any random S and M place, you won't get nearly that good of value for your dollar. Yeah, and you'll feel even worse about yourself. Uh, and a couple of the tunes were okay. Yeah, you know that's what the internet's for. <laughs> yeah. Um. Uh. Mouse made some really stupid expressions in the game. Uh, I, I can't help but thinking, but think. With dialogue, he would have been even stupider, but as it is, he manages to look like he's constantly been sniffing glue the whole game. Yeah, no, his his uh, his guitar is the one that's cracking wise. Yeah, I don't his, know. Guitar has, his guitar is quite the womanizer. Yeah, I don't know why that would be the case for a sentient guitar, but I mean, you know, whatever you're into. Yeah. Um, oh, yes, and uh, of, of course, Rummy, the, the guard, wears what looks like Ultimate fighting gear, or something like that. I'm getting in the UFC once this Groundhog Day thing is over. No. Uh, yeah, I noticed that when I posted a review of this, somebody had to pop out and say, I loved the game when it first came out, and I still do. The guitar minigame was fun, and the music in this game is catchy. I like the island theme to it, and some of the characters are memorable. My favorite is Rummy. Oh, it's great. <laughs> See that that was a that was an amazingly great selling of the game for anybody who might be on the fence, wasn't it? Yeah, I mean, you know, what you know, what could possibly go wrong? I trust this. Uh I don't think we have to say anything more about Ephemeral Fantasia do. I, I don't think there's really more to be said. Like Oh yes, I, the translation was awful. Yeah, that's that's just sort of what like given the fact that it couldn't even instruct you how to play the like incredibly simple guitar minigame properly without somehow causing confusion. Yes, the translation is very bad. Although I did get some fun out of it by just thinking of it as a terrible Hong Kong action dub. <laughs> <laughs> That's way more entertaining than the game was on purpose. That's it something. was. 
but that was fan, that was fun I made on the side. That was not intrinsically the, the game. The game doesn't get to take credit for it when you force the game to become fun. Sadly, no. I think we're ready, Phil. I think we're ready to put this to bed. Oh, oh, but wait, Phil, you you totally want to play Ephemeral Fantasia? No, no, I don't. All I want to do is drink more after listening to Phil, you guys. Phil, you know, I, I've got I've got Mike's copy of Ephemeral Fantasia. No, I'm sure, no. he wouldn't mind if I send it along to you next. Okay, you know what? If you send it to me, what's going to happen is going to be a coaster for my alcoholic beverage. Because <laughs> yeah, that's okay. I'm surprised he hasn't tried to send it to me yet. Price check on aisle five. This game is going for ten to fifteen dollars, which is about cheaper if you try. (laughs) Which is about fifty dollars too much. I gave it a five for originality. It earned that. Yeah, you will never see a game quite like it. Be glad for that. Uh, so, uh, yeah, boy, I I think we need a break after this, and then we'll be back. (laughs) <laughs> to wrap this up <laughs> with the final lap after we recover this this might take a few hours of course it'll only be a few sec- minutes to you guys because you're just going to listen to some music or something are, are we going to actually use music from these games Mike? I can or, actually think of a couple of tracks or, sh- put in. or should I put some WWE theme songs in between since <laughs> yes. we're yes. You know, I will give you a couple of music tracks and you can do you know I recently yeah, changed yeah, my ringtone? Yeah, hey, apps will like this. My apps. I recently yes. changed my ringtone from the Dragon Quest VI uh, town the, uh, song music to Randy Orton's theme song. Oh, not Randy Orton. So think about it. I'm in a staff meeting, and suddenly somebody calls my cell phone, and in the middle of the meeting where it's kind of quiet, it suddenly starts yelling, I hear voices in my head. They cancel me. They understand. They talk to me. Yeah, so people start thinking I'm a little crazy at work now. <laughs> Which, after talking about these games, I am. We'll be right back after these commercial messages. have returned this is the final lap this is where we read your comments we just discuss whatever the hell is on our minds we even give you a glimpse into what our next show is which invariably indubitously has to be better than this show just has to be because unless it's like about mugen souls no stop it okay you know what apps you could be kicked off the show okay (laughs) just you're fired yeah yeah you're fired yeah exactly (laughs) 
You know, it's funny is uh, so so uh, as you guys might have picked up uh, apps and I apparently are into wrestling, something we have in common. Uh, so, is, so is Dave. <laughs> so Dave. Oh, cool, cool. So I have purposely my my I was on the original WWE subscription plan, right? What I didn't realize was after six months, because I you know originally it used to be you had to subscribe every six months, yeah. and uh, after the first six months it renewed, and it went for another six months. That would be a year. But by now, they've gone into the whole monthly deal. Now, you don't have to resub every six months. You can actually just go month to month at nine ninety nine a month. And uh, so my subscription, they, they sent me a message in March because I subscribed right before last WrestleMania. And, uh, uh, and they sent me, hey, you're going you're gonna to expire. And you know what? I said to myself, you know what? I'm going to let it expire because – the problem is I don't have any cable television in my house. I watch pretty much just internet television, Netflix, and the such. Um, so the thing about WWE uh, Network online is that Raws and SmackDowns always come out a month after the fact. So I don't want to watch WrestleMania because I haven't been able to watch the Raws leading up to that, and I won't be able to for a month. It's it just came WrestleMania just happened, so I've got literally like a thirty day countdown before I'll be able to watch those Raws that lead into the WrestleMania. So anytime well, well, somebody, well, Phil, I can tell you that the story progress in that month you could probably summarize in like an hour. Well, they do they <laughs> yeah, do those even. they do those weekly wrap ups on their on their network, which I could probably get also, by. It was a pretty good mania, I should say. Yeah. yeah, yeah. No, no, don't spoil it. Don't spoil it. I want to hear no, I'm it. I'm not going to spoil it. I'm just saying. Do you, know how, do you know how hard it is to not get any spoilers about that? Like, I literally, there are entire you websites. You trying pretty hard. I, yeah. was, I tweeted out some, some pictures about that, so I hope <laughs> I hope you miss those. I should, uh, I should say, like, there is a way, if you have certain subscriptions, to like a subscription to an entirely different service to watch Raw on the internet. But it's only through Hulu. Well, and then the, the – the, well, probably it's a better version though. But the Hulu one I understand is a truncated version. Down. Yeah, which is probably yeah. a good thing given – Raw does not need to be three hours. It so doesn't need to be three hours. That's a good thing. No, no, you're right. Um, that was the one thing I, I, I think during the interview with Stone Cold – we are so off track now. Uh, the interview with Stone Cold Steve Oz did uh, where he was interviewing Triple H and Triple H even said – Raw doesn't need to be three hours. I love yeah, like like Triple H tried in as diplomatic a way as possible to say I'd rather it wasn't three hours, but ads. <laughs> yeah. And the problem with that is then that leaves them like even less material to use for SmackDown, which is already like almost a recap Smackdown. show right of Monday's storyline. Uh, yeah, yeah. So. SmackDown. SmackDown at this point is here is a main event that will be a random combination of actual main eventers in a completely nonsensical tag team. Yeah, you don't you don't even need to watch SmackDown. I don't. No, no, I don't watch SmackDown either. Yeah. I just I just pretty much watch Raw. And even then, uh, the nice thing about WWE Network is they usually put little dots on the timeline of the yeah, video. Yeah, just jump to what's important. Just jump to what's important, <laughs> boys and girls. So. Uh, anyway, uh, so in 30, so anytime somebody walks by my office at work, I just go, join me in one month at the end of April, because I'm like a month behind, at the end of April for WrestleMania 31, and I try to sound like Vince McMahon, and <laughs> they all laugh, um, yeah. Do you do the gorilla walk? No, no, I don't quite take it that far. Um. <laughs> Missed opportunity. Um, so, 
does. Anyway, we, we're off track. Okay, all right. Back to RPG, back to something about role-playing <laughs> games, right? Um, <laughs> so we, we just recently posted our last show, which was uh, which was episode 139, Soul Taker. We talked about Demon Souls, Dark Souls, one of those games. Demon Souls, right? Demons. Demon's Souls. Demons. Yeah, I get them all so confused. Dark Souls, I'd feel insulted you hadn't brought me on. <laughs> yeah, there you go. Uh, I'm sure we'll do Dark Is there a Dark Souls 2? Yeah, there is. Yes. I can't keep track of these Phil, things. That was my first five out of five. Right. Sure. A piece of trivia that will come up later on. Uh, anywho, <laughs> <laughs> I just... Uh, only a couple of comments because that just recently uh, went up. Uh, Boudet saying he can't wait to listen to this later on. And later on saying, World Tennessee and Demons, uh, Souls never made sense to him. I read up on it and figured out how you could get what you wanted. Still never liked that part of the mechanics. Souls games are awesome, though. Did we talk about the World Tendency on that podcast? Oh, that system is I, weird. I don't think so because I don't think any of us – I don't think either me or – um, Mike had any idea how exactly it worked. That system works in a really weird fashion because what it does is you have a personal world tendency which is based on how many times you've died in human form. But you also have the <laughs> server world tendency which is determined by how many times people have done it amongst themselves. And it's reversed. Uh, it goes up and goes into white world tendency as people kill bosses without dying. And it goes down as you, you know, die in human form. So, like, it's a really opaque system, and you don't actually have much control over it. And sometimes yeah. things happen when it's set one way or the other. Uh, and the nice thing was that Atlas did multiple events where they set it one way or the other. So you my can kind of experience did, it. My, my personal favorite thing they did was that... Uh, Valentine's Day, they set it to pure white uh, world tendency, and then the week after it was set to pure black world tendency. <laughs> oh, jeez. That's funny. And, and, and it's kind of evil, and that's, like, the thing I couldn't really get behind on world tendency. It's like, as world tendency gets darker, the game gets harder. And it's like, already enough. Like, dark world tendency causes enemies to get stronger. They'll drop more souls, but they're stronger, so... It's just like the game is getting harder in response to the repeated failures of its players. Uh, that's that's crazy. And I mean, okay, so here's a here's a million dollar question that's always in the back of my mind. Can you play these games uh, if you're not connected to the internet? Are they still yep. as playable? Yep. Yes. I th- I feel like you do lose something when you don't have the like random uh, orange lines all scrolled all around the game with just like fake advice or confusion or the occasional actual helpful truth. <laughs> yeah, those have actually helped me a lot because they gen- people generally leave them by secret doors and things like that. Or yeah, uh, like, like it's usually really obvious when someone's trolling. Yeah. I remember there's a there's a specific bonfire in Dark Souls that I'd never have found if it weren't for the fact that someone had a walk off this ledge line scrawled right at the edge of something. Yeah. Which almost made up for the several times I walked off a ledge and got nothing. Oh, jeez. <laughs> uh, yeah, I need to really put some more time in those, uh, you know, in those games. I just, I've been so busy, but... Uh... Yeah, I bet you on that podcast, uh, I mean, even my three or four hours with Dark Souls back in the day was super memorable. 
I just, yeah, if, you, if, yeah. if you can, please invite me on whenever you do get around to talking about Dark Souls, because I love that game. <laughs> I obviously need to be on since I've played through it four times now. And it's counting. Nice. He convinced me to play it while he was doing his new game Plus Plus Plus, I want to say? Uh, one, of, one of them, yeah. <laughs> uh, the only warning I would have is don't try and do the DLC final boss in any new game plus. Just oh, heavens me. Not unless you're an absolute grandmaster of the game. Yeah. Couldn't beat it, Couldn't beat it with three summoned helpers. <laughs> How many of those summoned helpers realized they were being summoned into new game plus plus plus? Probably none. <laughs> Ah, oh, those poor souls. They're probably like, oh, I got this high-level character near the end of the game. Let me go help some poor sap beat the DLC boss. Whoops. Meanwhile, I had, like, this terrible idea that I was never going to summon help at any point in any Souls game, which I have yet to, not, I have yet to break. Impressive. Um... <laughs> Try to beat Ornstein. And uh, I'm sorry. It seems like we're trying to have the Dark Souls. Yeah, let's. let's yeah. Episode yeah. I'm I so apologize. Trying to be polite. It's, y'all. It's, it's easy to just like start talking about that game. So I it's apologize. Just, it, that's what the game does, though. It sucks yeah. you in, and it doesn't want to let you go. So uh, totally understandable. But uh, we'll give you all a chance to to share what's on your mind this week after we mention our next show is RPG Backtrack number one forty one. Crystal clear cone be posted in about two weeks. Uh, we're going to be talking about an NES cult hit that I've actually played through and beat way back in the day, uh, Crystalis. So oh, damn, that's a great game. We got a whole show on that, Mike. Can we really talk about Crystalis for two hours minimum. I guess so. <laughs> if you if you feel like talking about the Game Boy Color version, you can stretch a bit. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, I remember Crystalis, but uh, then again, it's it's. There's also an announced Neo Geo Pocket sequel that never happened. I guess for me, other outside of Final Fantasy 4 and 6, I don't remember a whole lot about the story of characters of any of uh, those old school RPGs I played. Um, has a sufficiently weird one. There's some discussion to be had there. Okay, fair enough. So we'll be talking about that next in a couple of weeks right here on the RPG Backtrack. Uh, let's do a round table. That's pretty much where everyone gets to just talk about what they're playing or what they're writing on the side, your pimp time. If you want to pimp something to our vast internet community, this is the time to do it. And we're going to, we're going to, we're going to do the right thing and give the floor to our guest first. Uh, Mr. Dave, what are you playing today or recently or, uh, do anything you Uh... want to pimp out there? Not really. I've mostly just been trying to mentally prepare myself for the inevitable frustrations of Bloodborne, which I can finally start playing tomorrow. So, uh, in terms of what I've actually been playing, oh, Pillars of Eternity. Oh yeah, my wife uh, has also been playing that, uh, and she has been enjoying the, the the heck out of it. Yeah, yeah, it's it's super excellent. Like it's like pure grade Obsidian being injected into my veins. Uh, you like know, it's it, funny. I, I'm I'm just sitting. I haven't actually had a chance to play it myself, but I'm sitting here next to her while she's got it on, and suddenly I hear this voice boom out. You must gather your party before venturing forth. <laughs> and I'm like, oh man, oh. I think yeah. I felt a, a shiver going up my spine there on that one. 
that if, if you today. have any nostalgia for any of the old Infinity Engine games, or if you've ever liked anything Obsidian has ever made, the game is for you. Especially if you must gather your party before venturing forth. <laughs> well, yeah, I mean, you know, that's why you had to gather up an entire group for a podcast. Okay, so here's a question for <laughs> you, I, and and uh, I'm just going to put myself into the interviewer role for a second, Dave. Oh, yeah. Uh, Dave, uh, you know, a lot of people who play Baldur's Gate certainly enjoy the storyline and especially the characters. However, they struggled with the uh, combat system, which was based on the somewhat archaic D&D 2nd Edition. What is uh, the combat system like in Pillars of Eternity? Is it similar to Dungeons and Dragons? It is very much in the mold of the old Infinity Engine Baldur's Gate, but it's it's a more it's a different rule set. It's, it doesn't use D and D as its underlying, although it's clearly influenced by it. But it's a it's a more forgiving rule set, especially like you've got a lot of uh, difficulty modifiers at your disposal that mean that it's much more forgiving if you want it to be. So, for example, I, I was really late to the party on Baldur's Gate, and one of the biggest issues i always had with it is your party a party member runs out of hp and they're dead and the rules of resurrecting someone from death are incredibly uh arcane and tend to end with someone's body exploding uh what pillars of eternity does is it's it's still possible for a character to die and be dead they're gone but for a character to die they have an endurance meter which represents their ability to actually fight and an hp meter which slowly goes down but it's much much higher than endurance so if a character goes down in combat that's really not the end of it for them they will get back up but it will come with a docking of their hp meter so as long as you're resting occasionally that character's not going to die which is already like kind of a big change from uh how Baldur's gate did things the way that stats and uh like just the way that the game presents uh, how characters are built also tends to make things a little easier because stats tend to be distributed in such a fashion that there's not as much worrying about this stat, uh, you know, is useless to any given type. So, like, instead of having strength and, uh, you know, dexterity and wisdom and all of those being separated by, along the lines of, like, strength is useful for a warrior, wisdom is useful for a wizard. What they've done is they've taken it so you have something like might, and might is any attack that causes damage uses might as its base. Any attack, so like, uh, or intelligence, in this case, any attack that does area of effect is affected by intelligence. So... Like, it's weird, but at the same time, it's interesting because it puts you in situations where, for example, one of the recommended stats that a barbarian needs to have be good is intelligence because barbarian has a lot of area of effect attacks. So if you didn't understand or like the AD&D rule set, it doesn't mean you won't like Pillars of Eternity because there's a lot of changes to it that make it feel very different, even though it uses a lot of similar mechanics. Sorry, I went off on a huge tangent. A barbarian has to have intelligence rule? <laughs> yes, the barbarian has to... Like, the game, when you create a character, gives you... Will highlight specific stats that are like, these stats are important to your build. And uh, for one of them, like, uh, there's strongly recommended and recommended. So one of the recommended stats for barbarian is intelligence, because intelligence governs all area of effect attacks. Huh. 
That, no, that's that's sacrilege. No, that ain't interesting. That's sacrilege. Okay, I've sworn the, off. Well, the this thing game. I like about it is that because all of these stats will affect your conversation options, you don't have to feel as much like I, I'm not usually someone who plays as mages, but I like having an intelligent character because I like the dialogue options that gives me. But I don't feel punished for having taken intelligence, even though I'm not playing a wizard, because oh, it turns out my character can still make use of it. Yeah, I'm still thinking sacrilege. <laughs> I'm uh, I'm not buying what you're selling, Chief. It's uh, already sold. Yeah, yeah. Actually, uh, I haven't looked it up today, but a couple of days ago, uh, when Shirley, uh, my wife, asked me, "Hey, is this a is this a good game? Should should we get this, or can I get this? Uh, should I get this?" I looked up at game rankings, and so far. For 2015, it was actually the highest-rated game of the year. So <laughs> it must be doing something right, uh, even yeah, if no, it the is writing is absolutely rock solid. Even so. if it is sacrilege, <laughs> uh, you know, I'll just uh, I'll just have to give it the benefit of the doubt there. Uh, all right, uh, anything else, uh, Dave? Anything uh, you want to share with the with the? No, I, I feel like I have already taken up much too much of your time. <laughs> Oh, that's okay. You know, we're not happy unless this podcast goes on for at least four hours. Otherwise, they start calling us Active Topical Banner or whatever that new one is. Um, Snake West? Yeah. You know, um, more sacrilege. 30-minute podcast, my ass. Uh, well, Phil, our latest, episode actually went, our latest episode actually went to 36 minutes. Uh, so 36 up there. whole minutes. Yep. One small step for podcast. Um, okay, uh, you know what? I don't know if I like you anymore. <laughs> I'll show myself out. <laughs> Not you, Dave. I'm talking about Apps Mr. 36-Minute Podcast. You know, I have I have sessions in the bath. I have sessions in the bathroom that go on longer than 36 minutes. We don't need to know about no that, Phil. On that. <laughs> this is when you reveal that you've actually been podcasting from the bathroom for the entirety of this. <laughs> Yeah, no, yeah, no, not really. I have been drinking for the entirety of this, but... Uh, okay, fine, Apps. What do you have to share with our vast audience? Uh, well, I have been rec- doing the Q&A quest. We're up to the second episode now with Dave here. Uh, we actually... It's okay. We had a special... We had a special guest on, someone that used to contribute to the old Q&A mailbag... To, and we actually had an interesting discussion about making a good Sonic RPG, which is surprising. Yeah, so th- there's been that. Uh, I did just finish Hyper Devotion Noir, so I should have a review up for that soon. Oh, sweet, I can yell, yell at you about not finishing that fast enough. <laughs> yeah, that took a while. And right now I'm working on reviewing, I don't know, some new Nintendo RPG or something. One of them Nintendos. I forgot the name of it, Xeno something. That doesn't sound familiar at all. You're going to have to give me more information. Uh, It's about a sword. Um, Takes place on, on, uh, like, a world on top of a giant robot. Oh, the beginning of the world. Yeah, there you go. I'm not feeling it yet. Could you give me a little... It's Xenoblade. Okay, thank you. All I'm right. playing Xenoblade. <laughs> All right, feeling better now. 
I still remember looking forward to that when it was first announced as Monado, the beginning of the world. <laughs> yeah, I actually had had it pre-ordered in Amazon as that. Yeah, it's been a long time that way. <laughs> and as it turned out, you can even eventually buy that from Amazon. Yeah. You know, unless you want to play, pay like a scalper's price. <laughs> but yeah, I'm I am working on reviewing Xenoblade, and I'm actually getting into it this time because I, I had trouble getting into the game on the Wii. For not really sure why. I think just other stuff came out at the time, so I was distracted. It's a really long game, so like having the ability to suspend it at any point is kind of important. Yeah. Uh. Yeah, I've been enjoying that. I'm still playing uh, Codename Steam. Oh, yeah, yes. I just fought some big... Well, I just fought some big alien that mortars you every time there's a shaking eye that's staring at you. I hate hate the eye. It's... Turned eye of Sauron. Yeah, yeah. It's like (laughs) these eyes pop up out of nowhere, and they start quivering. Like, they're floating eyes, and they start quivering like they're about to have an eye-gasm. And they right, just quiver as they're staring at you, and 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 you can shoot them, but they just teleport, you know, like another square away, which sometimes has a tactical uh, advantage. And, and then, and, and so you got your troops placed perfectly to where they won't get hit by any mortar fire from a, a long distance from any of those stupid ass eyes. And then on the enemy's turn, the stupid aliens, uh, some of them have grenades. Which will knock you right out of your perfect positioning so that suddenly that character that you thought was protected is right in line for that killer mortar fire that you was trying so desperately to avoid. And suddenly the guy is dead. Beep! So Mother, would this, beep! Would this be a bad time to tell you I, I beat that, that fight on my first try? Well, I, I haven't really actually died yet. I just oh, okay. I just feel that I've had some cheap shots that took a character from full health. The nice thing about the game is that you got two characters, at least so far, I've got two characters that can heal. Yep. So, and there is no burning need to finish the, you know each board quickly. So taking extra turns to make sure everyone's healed up. I, I think you get like extra coins or something if you finish it underneath a certain amount of turns. Hell, I'm not going for that. I yes. I I want to survive. Screw the coins. Yeah, it's not super important. It's more important to find those the hidden gears. Yeah. Apps. I'm glad you said that because so that mortar dude, I I I used I haven't actually used my character's special moves before, which unlocked at the beginning of that whole scenario. And so I'm like, oh, I'm gonna use this guy's super grenade ability. Big boss dead. But wait, there is a gear behind him, so I immediately shut down my DS so I could just reload the last save point and next time I'll get the gear that's behind the big boss. Yeah, because you're because I'm like, I gotta have the gear. Gotta have it. Don't know why. It's there. Gotta have it. But screw the coins. Just gotta have the gear. That's what you ever wanted. I'm sorry, Apps. Did I cut it on your time? No, that's fine. That was the last thing. Well, that and um, as always, playing Monster Hunter. You enjoy Monster Hunter? Uh, I think yeah. he is, Phil. I'm pretty sure that. Okay, okay, okay. <laughs> so, so if I'm one of those people who are totally turned off by any game that has the word multiplayer in it, right? Okay. Okay. 
am I better off going with Demon slash Dark Souls or Monster Hunter? Dun, 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 da, da, dun, dun, dun. Souls, yeah. While Monster Hunter 4 has the best single player in the series, uh, multiplayer is still a huge aspect, whereas Dark Souls, the multiplayer is very much hands-off. So, Is it true, though, in Dark, Demon, Dark, Hell Souls, whatever the hell they're called, that you can't beat certain bosses without outside help? I no, can promise you that I made sure that it was possible to do that by doing yeah. it myself. <laughs> you can, you can also. There's also NPC companions you can summon. Yeah, if you feel the need. Yeah, and if that goes all the way back to Dark Souls, or is that something that, that came back, in? No, wait. I don't think NPC. Companions I mean, Demon Souls. Uh, I, yeah, I think there may have been a few fights with random help in Demon Souls, but that's largely a Dark Souls thing. Yeah, okay. Dark Souls created situations where if you talked to and helped NPCs in an area, they would appear as helper phantoms near the boss. Wow, that sounds kind of confusing after two strong drinks. Uh, <laughs> so, so Maybe it'll sound less confusing on the editing floor. Okay, but I can get through both Dark and Demon, Soul, Spirits, whatever the hell it's called, single player. Yeah. Yes. Okay. You can go through the entire game without interacting with another player. Monster Hunter, on the other hand. Yes, you can absolutely do it, but it's not designed for it. Yeah. Well, you see, the thing about Monster Hunter is it's basically got two modes. You got the single player, uh, which actually has somewhat of a story this time, and you got the multiplayer, and some of the monsters only really necessarily show up in multiplayer, and. The most challenging versions are only in multiplayer, so you do miss out a bit in Monster Hunter if you do not play the multiplayer. Whereas Dark Demon Souls, you won't really miss out on too much other than maybe some messages on the ground, which... Maybe that'll be the next one, Dark Demon Souls. <laughs> I, I will say, I just will never forget my time going through the first three or four hours, and you really felt like Oh my gosh, I'm in a dark, dangerous, you know, area, dungeon, castle, and one wrong move, and I might end up dead. You actually felt like Bilbo Bobbins, you know, like, I'm like, I'm like, I'm like looking left, right, I'm just trying to make sure that nothing's going to kill me. Um, Yeah, and it was funny watching those spirits of other people die. That was hilarious. But some of them were so stupid, like, it looked like some of those guys just threw themselves over cliffs. Like really, they were probably uh, reading advice from other players and taking it much too literally. Ooh, <laughs> whoops! My name is Cliff. Why don't you jump over sometime? Um, okay, fair enough. All right, uh, let's see here. How about uh, how about my good friend and partner, Mister Minky? Oh, you mean aside from that thing I just reviewed? And I, I heard you've been reviewing. <laughs> I've heard you've been reviewing, and and I and I heard Mister Minky. Just a little birdie told me on the way, you know, driving to my house today, you know, got a text message on my phone that I read while I was speeding down Highway 201 at 70 miles an hour that not everybody agrees with your reviews. (laughs) Yeah, just just look. We've had some people come forward who said that, wow, apparently Secret of Stars really isn't that bad. (laughs) I Just look at what they have to say on our forums. 
I just, uh, you know, I'm, I'm wondering, Mike, if maybe you're you're not as objective as you like to think you are. <laughs> I, I don't know, Mr. Apps. What do you think? Um, based on ephemeral you know fantasia, about- <laughs> uh, I would trust your opinion about. All, all these other bad games. Joshua2113 says, this game wasn't that bad, LOL. We just had way better options. I would take this game over the crap they release nowadays. Joshua. Oh, no. Now, that was, a very, that was a very intelligent statement, sir. Clearly, it's you thought that out. Obviously, everything we get now is worse than Secret of the Stars. That's empirically provable. There were far better games during the SNES eras, but there were also worse ones. Really? (laughs) Hold on, let me think for a second here. Well, Hmm. let's, let's see. A few people tried to name some. They came up with Lagoon. I haven't played it. I understand that it's got a pathetic lack of range on its sword for an action RPG. I did play Paladin's Quest. That was not worse than Secret of the Stars. It was bad, but it was not worse than Secret of the Stars. Even if its art style reminded me of Dr. Seuss characters hit with the ugly stick for a few hours. Um, Draken, I haven't played. I know that apparently your equipment randomly breaks. That you... Everyone's favorite mechanic. Oh, yeah. (laughs) That your characters just automatically attack things in battle, and you can only pretty much tell them to heal. Otherwise, they'll just attack things. That random battles will happen in the same freaking spot, because the the RNG is like no other, where you can actually get into 15 random battles in the same spot without moving. <laughs> That's amazing. So, yeah, Draken probably is that bad, but... I haven't played it yet, and gosh, I'm really re- champing at the bit to go play that one. <laughs> BRB, going to download some SNES ROMs. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yes, and Seventh Saga I haven't played. I understand that is one hard mofo. Did anybody else touch that? I'm given to understand that it's almost broken from at certain points because of just the amount of grinding that needs to be done, but that's about all I ever have heard about it. Yeah, I've heard about the same. Yeah, I've, I mean, some of the stuff that I've read is interesting, how you fight the other characters you can play as, and you can actually permanently kill them, but uh, <laughs> I don't know if that's a good thing. Interesting can't make up for broken. Right. Ephemeral Fantasia is very interesting. Uh, we had a long discussion about how interesting it yeah. was. Uh, so, yeah, everybody is entitled to think that Secret of the Stars is not among the worst things they've ever played, but in that case, you probably should play more so that you can better and judge. That, in that place, you probably think Checkers is the most awesome board game ever. Okay, you know what, boys and girls? <laughs> Uncle Phil has been playing role-playing games before most of you were even born, okay? Because I have a birthday today that says I'm super old. Somebody gave me a bunch of black balloons today, which means I'm super, super old. Okay, so I know, right? Anyway, my whole point is I played RPGs all the way back in the days of Wizardry, 
Most of you don't even know what the hell wizardry is. Okay? Gold Black Dungeon Dragons. Disappointed in Wizardry 4. Yeah, Might and Magic, like the first few of them, okay? Let me tell you something. On the consoles, I, I, I can list the number of games worse than Secret of the. Okay, stop it. Be nice, Phil. Okay, I can I can count them on one hand, and most of them were on other consoles. Okay, no, this was one of the worst games on the SNES. Sigh. Grr. I am also still pl- plugging away at Etrian Mystery Dungeon. It's mm. well, I. I... I don't have a whole lot more to add than I did last time, frankly. It, I've never been a fan of roguelikes. What I like here comes from the Etrian series, and what I don't like comes from roguelikes. Uh, are you are you under are we under embargo on any way, shape, or form on that one? Uh, the, are we, the, the are embargo, we let out? It ends a week from today, so I probably shouldn't say too much. Okay, all right. Well, we're going. We're you. You and I will talk a little bit more about that on the next RPG backtrack. Then on the final lap. Okay. And really, it hasn't been that long since we last recorded, so I don't have much more to add. Uh, yeah, let's let's wrap this up within reasonable time. I'm done. By reasonable, we mean like under six hours. Uh, all righty. So, uh, so, so I've been playing. Well, I've mentioned this before. I've been playing Clash of Clans for quite some time. And I think I mentioned before that my mother started up uh, – wanted us to start up a clan. So I started up under her insistence or whatever. Start up a clan. We've got some, we got Chris and Anna on the team from RP Gamer. We got some friends, got some relatives, and um, and some random people who are serious about war. We are a serious warring clan. We war uh, three times a week. And since each war takes 48 hours, that means we only take one day off a week. Um, and we've been doing pretty good. We're actually 7-2 and two with one tie. So uh, 77% win rate and uh, kicking behind and taking names. And if you want a little more information on that, just hit me up on Twitter at JCServant. If you're serious about Clash of Clans and you're serious about warring, you want a mature group, we don't really uh, – well, I won't say we don't let kids in because we don't really ID them or anything. But if you act like a kid, we kick you out pretty quick. Um, so, uh, and we're very structured in how we handle uh, wars. It's definitely a mature environment that is somewhat structured. Which, uh, when I first joined Clash of Clans, I was joining random clans and uh, very much like joining random guilds in World of Warcraft. You never know what the hell you're going to get. Uh, that got old very quick. If it wasn't for the fact that I joined a, a clan with some friends, I would have quit the game. So, uh, and now that we're running with my mom and a bunch of friends and Chris and Anna, it's a lot more fun. So, hit me up on Twitter if you would like to know more. Aside from that, well, we talked about Codename Steam. Been plugging away at that. Why has been playing Pillars of Eternity? I've been getting into StarCraft again. And uh, playing some matches on there. If you're into StarCraft, hit me up on Twitter. Love to chit-chat with you. Um, and this such. While cleaning up my my huge spreadsheet. Do you know I've got like 1,200 games? Wow. On my Excel spread. <laughs> I got a spreadsheet of all my games. 
because uh, that's the only way I can kind of keep track of them. It's sick. It's sad. Uh, but uh, it's it's a growing collection. Uh, yeah. Any of y'all played Shadows Heretic Kingdom? Negative. Nope. Action yeah. action RPG. You can find it on GOG. It's probably on Steam as well. Uh, kind of a Diablo type of clone. It's called Shadows Heretic Kingdoms. Retails at thirty dollars. A little bit more if you want the DLC, and uh, and cheaper if you wait for it to go on sale. GOG and Steam love to have regular sales, and uh, Wise been really enjoying that one as well. So. Lots of lots of really good games out there. Oh, and when uh, what else was I playing? Oh gosh, how could I almost forget apps? You almost made me forget what I was uh, demon gaze. Oh yeah, okay. good old demon gaze. Good old demon gaze, right? <laughs> so this is the Vita RPG that I'm constantly chipping away at. So here's a picture, right? I'm on a plane. I've got to fly from Salt Lake City all the way to Albany, New York, which any anytime I fly, it's two legs, and it's like five hours in a plane between landings and takeoffs and all that. Anyway, I'm sitting there playing on my Vita, and uh, Deep Engage, in case you don't know, it's a dungeon crawler, very JRPG dungeon crawler, lots of anime-looking characters and the such. It's one of the things that kind of appealed to me is the fact that Usually, dungeon, you know, hardcore dungeon crawlers, like I kind of connect with W RPGs, and but this one's very Japanese influenced in the way his characters are drawn. I mean, my my dwarf just looks like a shorter, cuter human. It's just, you know, they don't really look very dwarven at all. Anyways, I'm sitting there in the middle row. I'm playing it, and what happens as you're going through the dungeon? Sometimes, you know, their storyline. There's actually a little bit of a story that you have to go back to the end and talk to the innkeeper. I go back to the end, and they're like. There's people in the end, and they're like, hey, the innkeeper, she's passed out, and the room is really hot, and you're the hero. So go in and, and try to help her out, pour some water on her, because, you know, she's burning up. Okay, this sounds a little weird, but what the hell? Give me the bucket of water. It's not like I got a choice if I want the game to continue. So, I, I you know, I, I, I go through the menu options to get up to the manager's uh, room, and the screen, you know, feed is very high definition and very high contrast and very bright. You can see it from anywhere on the plane pretty much with direct line of sight. And it's got this anime chick pretty much drawn naked from the waist up. Now, she, 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 they, oh, where her chest are at, like the way they draw her chest is like they just forgot to draw the nipples as if that somehow makes it okay. There's some like lace on top of her chest somewhere, but it's not where the nipples would be. So it's not like it's not like, you know, sometimes when they show half naked ladies, they have strategically placed, you know, objects or lace or whatever that would go right where the nipples are at. No, no, this lace is nowhere close to where the nipples are at. It's clear that they just didn't draw them to avoid some sort of double R rating or whatever. And uh, I'm quickly hitting this. No, stop it. I'm on the public. Not safe for the workplace, as App said in Twitter. Not safe for the workplace. I'm like, no, no, turn it off. Turn it off. Put on suspend. And yeah, that was that was a little awkward on a plane. So so a uh, gaming pro tip, boys and girls, do not play Demon Gaze when flying on the plane or any public place for that matter. Uh, instead, do what I did and switch over to Minecraft because <laughs> – there are no naked people in Minecraft, and even if there were, nobody cares because they just look like 3D rectangles. 
Uh, yeah. So no detail there. Yeah. I took the pants off my Legos. Pretty much. Yeah. Yeah. I uh, played more Minecraft and uh, I've got this really cool castle built up on a beach. That's pretty awesome. And, uh, and so I decided to go way deep into a forest, which takes me like half a day just to walk there and build a fishing hut near a lake. And uh, and then I started trying to figure out how the whole railroad thing works and how you power a cart. And I gave up. Uh, because when you're 30,000 feet in the air, you can't look up game facts unless you're willing to pay like $10 for 30 minutes. So, yeah. And I couldn't play Demon Gaze because, yeah. <laughs> so I think I ended up – what did I end up playing? Um, what's it called? Um uh, Monster, uh, the Hunter? Monster Defender. No, no, not Hunter. Uh, it's on the Vita. Uh, the Defender one with the defense, Tower Defense. Oh, it's left me for a minute. It's the one with the cute little dancing guy. You can stand on the towers and dance on them to get them experience. Uh, anyways, Tower Defense game that's extremely slow. And uh, that killed time really quick until I landed. So, Yeah. Yeah. Hmm. Don't play Demon Gaze in public. Don't, I should have taken the 3DS and um, played Codename Steam. Steam. Because I'm pretty sure they keep their clothes on. Abraham yeah. Lincoln wouldn't have it any other way. Nope. Oh, well, you get that secret ending. Unless <laughs> <laughs> you get the secret ending. Ay, 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 ay. Anyways. All right. Uh, anything else I'm forgetting, guys? Not for tonight, I think. All right, then I'm going to remind our listeners that RPG Backtrack is these games. Is that played in these games exactly? Um, unless you've been drinking heavily, RPG Backtrack is a production of RP Gamer, your source for RPG news, impressions, reviews, articles, and home to the best gaming community on the net. Write your questions and comments on our forums or email me at jcservant at cyberlightcomics.com. Or Mr. Mike Meeky at Albert Odyssey at Hotmail.com and help shape our future shows. Don't forget to follow us on Twitter.com forward slash RPGamer or become our biggest fans at Facebook.com forward slash RPGamer. As always, listen to our previous podcast as well as our, I don't know, what are we up to now? Half a dozen sister shows. We got the RPG cast. We got the after topical banter. And then we have that abomination. <laughs> I feel like of- I'm not welcome. Here anymore. <laughs> of a commercial, the 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 commercial that disguises itself as a podcast, uh, the thirty second commercial, uh, Q and A something 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 sixty four quest is that what it was called? Wow, that's I think the worst burn I've ever taken. <laughs> so you can find all of those shows and more at rpgamer.com on behalf of uh, Mike Minky. Uh, Michael Lapps, David, and myself, we thank you for listening to RPG Backtrack. As always, you're the reason we do this. Do us a favor. Head over to iTunes. Leave us five stars. Mr. Minky, do you have anything to say before we go to bed? Should I? I, I think we've already said a lot, and really... You've already had such a memorable birthday. How can I put a capper on it now? 